Speaking of spite, we're live. Yay, spite live. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey everyone. Welcome to the 2021 Game of the Year celebration for this podcast, The Top Down Perspective. Yay. Uh, we did it. <laughs> Years. We gamed through another year. Uh, in a year where we all needed some video games, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. And well, last year, too. But yeah, yeah. Those last and, two years and are next basically year, the same year <laughs> and <laughs> next year and next and the, year. The next three new games, please save us. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm your host, Sean Booker. I'm Paul Fleck. I'm Eight John years. Wheeler. <laughs> and we're we're doing a game of the year show. We've done a bunch of these. We've done too many of these. Arguably, we've done more of these than we've done years of the podcast somehow. Um <laughs> But, I forgot uh, that's technically true. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you haven't listened to one of these before, I'll run you through kind of how this is going to go. We have a selection of categories. <laughs> You'll be pretty familiar with them if you uh, submitted to our community survey, which <laughs> I hope you did, which we'll also be addressing. Um, but we're going to go around the room and each uh, fill out a pretty much a top three for every category, except for game of the year. Each of us have a top 10. Um, and the, the main thing is that each of our lists are going to be different. There's no way all of us would be able to come to a consensus. We just play two different of games throughout the year. So we have personal lists and we're going to talk about them. There shouldn't be any spoilers uh, in this episode. So if you're worried about us spoiling a game that you're thinking of playing in the future you should be fine there's no reason we have to spoil the games we're just going to talk about what we'd liked and why it's on the current <clears> list it is yeah. uh john i'm going to call on you do you want to tell us the categories we're going to be going through today all right if again if you've never heard the cast before these will be all new to you but if you've been around for a while you're familiar with them all kicking it off we're gonna be doing 2021's 20xx game of the year that's where we have uh, games that we played in 2021 that did come out in any other year other than 2021 and 2020. You got used Re to it. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason for ignoring 2020 is because we also have a 2021's 2020 game of the year, which is a game that came out in 2020. And I guess you kind of figured out from that. That comes right after that. After those two, we do most disappointing, whether this is a game or an event that happened related to gaming. These are the things that happened that we kind of hated that happened this year. Uh, followed up with surprise of the year, a more positive side. Usually games that got announced that we didn't expect or games we thought were going to be bad that ended up being pretty good. Yep. Next up, we have best audio. Could be best soundtrack, essentially. Could be just good sounding, good uh, dialogue, good acting, whatever. But either way, sound is involved, and that's how we feel about that. Patreon game of the year. This is our top three based on the games that we actually had to play for Top Down Perspective Plus this year. Yep. So yep. we are specifically picking from that. And just this is a special note for this category. These actually start the year before in December. So it's December 2020 through the rest of 2021, ignoring December again, unless we change that this nope, year. Do we that's right. line it goes, back up? It goes from yeah December to December just because of like the recording schedule and, and how it works out. This makes more sense. Yeah. So we will not be discussing uh, the game that we just did last time for Game of the Year discussion, Balan Wonderworld. 
So shockingly, that will not be on anyone's Patreon <laughs> Game of the Year list. Wow. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the big one, the top 10, where we go through each of our lists in order. So we go 10 from me, 10 from Sean, 10 from Paul, and then 10 from the community themselves. Because from the survey that you guys all did, it'll add up together and see who scored what the most and where everything landed. Right. And After for those that, other categories, got... sorry, for those other categories, oh. we'll have a top three ju just like we will for the community. And the one bonus that the community that will insert inside the top 10 is before we announce each of our game of the years, you guys all predicted what you thought each of the hosts mm -hmm. game of the year will be. And we'll announce those before actually giving the answer. Yep. Right. And after after all that's done, we give our honorable mentions games that didn't quite make our top 10, but we still thought were worth mentioning. Then the tragic pile of shame where we list games that we really wish we had played this year and probably would have made a dent on our top 10 if we had gotten around to playing it. Yeah, this is the John Wheeler category. Yeah. The pile of shame presented okay, by John see, Wheeler. One, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> John wanted his own category and this is what we came up with. I got 14 games on that list this year. It's That's like lower twice, than usual. Oh man. It's twice the more That's lower than usual. <laughs> uh, and our final category. After and our final category is 2022's Game of the Year guess. So we assume, based on what games we know are coming out this year, what do we think is actually going to be our favorite game uh, coming out of that year? Obviously, it's going to be wildly off. We only started doing that one last year, and I looked at what I had written down last year and laughed. So yeah. <laughs> And yeah. kind of to tie right into that, we uh, will do some predictions for what we think is going to happen this year. We'll also address the predictions we did last year and see how yep. off each of us were. And that's always a lot of fun. Um, so we've heard the categories. Let's start with the first one. 2021's 20XX Game of the Year. John, do you have a number three for this? I do. Now, usually <laughs> what I do for this list is I pick games that I've done for game clearing throughout the year. Makes sense. Because I have a detailed spreadsheet that shows everything that I've played through, completed, so I've beaten the game, I know what to expect. <clears throat> I actually bent the rule on this one in particular, because this was a surprise edition I did not expect to like as much as I did. Number three for me is Fortnite. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Genuinely did not expect to like it as much as I did. All cool. right. That makes sense. You talked about it last week. <clears throat> Happened That's at the awesome. very end of the year, too. Literally the last week of the, of the year. Played with my nephews. Had a surprisingly good time. I see why people like it. You know what? I'm going to give it a nod. Yeah, there you go. My <laughs> third favorite game that didn't come out in the last two years was Fortnite. Congrats, Fortnite. Finally getting your you recognition. You did it. You got some recognition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. Uh, my number three is a mobile game that I started playing a couple months ago and have been just also kind of Fortnite. finding. Yeah, <laughs> <also> <laughs> no, it's PUBG, <laughs> actually. Yeah, PUBG. Uh, it's a game called Brawl Stars. It's made by Supercell, the company that did Clash Royale. And it's just a really fun jump in, do like little mini games against another team. And yeah, I don't know. It's been really, really fun. And I've been playing it pretty much every couple nights uh, for the last couple months, which is more engagement than I've had from a phone game in a while. But yeah. Uh, my number three game is Wilmot's Warehouse. Uh, oh, this game is nice. extremely delightful. It's also like both relaxing and really stressful at the same time. Um, it's on Game Pass. It's on pretty much everything. I definitely recommend checking it out if you like 
just the idea of gamifying organization. Um, great look to it. Sure. The community had something to say about 20XX, and this is always an absolute nightmare to add up. Yeah, so I did no, it a it different is. way this year. This year, I basically just like if somebody put it on their list at all, like the same game at all, they it just got a point for every time it was mentioned this year uh, for 20XX. So third place is a tie between... Is it actually games. the meme? 69 actually games. <laughs> so, okay, you do not have to read 69 games. I'm not going wow. to. Uh, wow. I'll also take a moment to say that when this show is over, this is a uh, spreadsheet I will be linking. So people in the community, if you're interested to see what your fellow community members had guessed for everything, their stuff will be here and the numbers beside it as well. But obviously not like the names or anything. Okay. So... It is a tie. Uh, I'll name off just some random ones here. We got I, the Somnium Files. We got Dishonored. Dead Space 2 specifically is on here. Mega Man 1 specifically is on here. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, it's a just grab bag. If yeah. you if, just a, some really good games here. But yeah, it is a 69 way tie. <laughs> Incredible. This is this is Incredible. why we do it, folks. <laughs> All right, John, your number two game. My number two for 20, 2021's 20XX Game of the Year. Misadventures of Tron Bond for the PlayStation 1. A spin-off of the Mega Man Legends series that actually takes place before both main games. Uh, you play as the villain in this time around. You have control of the Serp bots. You have to do a bunch of different kind of pseudo-minigame missions and jobs. It's just a very silly game with a lot, a lot of charm, a lot of fun voice acting, especially for that era. And it's just a generally fun, cool game to play. So there you go. All right, Paul. Nice. My number two was Shadows of the Damned. Replayed through that in one sitting this year. And nice. it held up in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting to. All the weird, uh, like, dick jokes aside. But even then, sometimes those jokes still, like, land some of them. So... They're hey, very sometimes few. you're in the mood for a dick joke. Like sometimes it just hits yeah. you right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that game is easier than I remembered being and shorter than I remembered being. It, it definitely has some problems around the end with uh, just padding out. I don't know, some weird crap uh, like shooter, like shmup type stuff that kind of sucks. But overall, I think the gameplay is pretty solid and it's just a fun time. Just a fun playthrough. Uh, my number two game is the Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Uh, I played through all nice. three games pretty much back to back over like the summer this year. Uh, first time I had ever played those games was pleasantly surprised. That third one is easily the best game. Um, and uh, yeah, that was just, that's a great package, especially since I got it on sale for like 15 bucks or something like that. That's a whole lot of game. Cool. Uh, second place for community is a two-way tie between Okami and Persona 3. Okay, right on. All right. Yeah. Go ahead, John, with your number one. Right, I'm not used to leading on these, sorry. My number one for 2021's 20XX Game of the Year, Metroid Prime 1. I actually did not like this game way, way back in the day when I first played it back in like 2005, six, whenever it was. Uh, I didn't like the scan mechanic. I hated that I couldn't use the second thumbstick to aim. 
there was a bunch of things I hated about it. And I tried giving it a try every now and then on stream and stuff like that. And it just never clicked. But uh, for some reason, this year it actually stuck. We did it for game clearing. And I originally was just begrudgingly doing the scans. And then I ended up actually really enjoying that whole mechanic. It's once you get used to the control scheme, it flows really well. It's just generally really fun to play. So, yeah, Metroid Prime for the GameCube. All right, Paul. Uh, my number one is probably no surprise to anybody who has been around. Final Fantasy fourteen. it stuck this year, and I blazed through the rest of the story that I was missing from the original stuff, started on the expansion, and then Game of the Year stuff was starting to come up around October-ish is when I stopped playing that because so many other things were vying for my attention, but I'm definitely just kind of itching to get back to it easily, my uh, 20XX game of the year. Uh, my number one 20XX game is uh, no surprise either. It is Apex Legends. Yeah, I, I play a ton of this game. I play it every week. Um, it was my game of the year two years ago. It was my 2019 game. Whatever the next category is, it won that one for me last year. <laughs> <laughs> and now it wins this category. So this so for all I know, it's it might just stay at the top of this list going forward. But uh, Apex Legends is a great game. I will say that nobody else on the community had uh, Final Fantasy 14 be- because they are all in Endwalker. I'm the only one in the world who is still trying to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the case, actually. <laughs> At least in the community that um, prob- that played it this year. I am the only one in this community that is still trying to catch up because literally everybody else is in Endwalker. Because that comes up a lot later on, which we'll get to. Um, the number one for this category is a tie between Smash Bros. Ultimate and Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. Two huh. very different, yet somehow okay. very similar games. And they both had three votes each. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Uh, that brings us to our next category, 2021's 2020 Game of the Year. This is a game that came out in 2020. For whatever reason, we played a bunch of it in this last year. Uh, John, start us off with your number three. Clubhouse Games for the Switch. In a game, in a year where we couldn't travel anymore and play games with friends, having a bunch of surprisingly simple yet fun games to play online, and even up to four players at times, surprisingly good and surprisingly enjoyable. Liked it way more than I thought I would, and got more mileage out of it than I ever expected to. Yeah, good call. My number three was uh, Doom Eternal, the Ancient Gods DLC specifically, uh, because that kind of the first part, I think, came out last year. And I don't remember the second part kind of cradled the between them. But either way, just revisiting that game was an absolute joy. And uh, that Ancient Gods DLC specifically is a cruel bitch mistress of a thing to try to get through. It is difficult, but there are some crazy neat story things going on there. Uh, my number three is dirt five. Uh, this is just a really good racing game that looks fantastic. The HDR effects that they have uh, are stunning. Uh, I think this is, if you have game pass and you like got a brand new TV, you should definitely check this out. There's like a weird podcast that's a part of the main story uh, that stars Nolan North and Troy Baker. 
which is uh, pretty crazy. Um, it's just an extremely good racing game that totally flew under the radar. Nice. All right, Community 2020. This one was not ties. Was Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay, that makes right, sense. Makes sense, yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, my number two for 2021's 2020 Game of the Year, Hades. Probably not surprising. It was my Game of the Year last year. Uh, really good game that has way more content than you expect the more you play it. So highly yeah. recommended. Real fun. Yep. Yep. Paul. Uh, my number two, even though it's I didn't beat it yet, but uh, I got VR this year, so I had to try Half-Life Alex and the amount I played of it. That thing is fucking incredible. It would probably be number one if I had gotten more time with it and seen really how deep it gets. OK. Uh, my number two is a small game called The Procession to Cavalry. Uh this kind of right. came out nowhere as like a just a random game pass drop. And it is extremely weird. It's like a bunch of Renaissance paintings that they like poorly animated Angela Anaconda style. Um, the writing is pretty funny. Um, and it's just a it's just a goofy point and click adventure game with a ton of jokes in there um, that you can finish in like 90 minutes. Um and I, I think it's worth checking out. Like it's it is goofy beyond all reason. Cool. Number two for the community was Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. All right. All right. My number one for twenty twenty one's twenty twenty game of the year. I actually uh, swapped my first and second place games around. Super Mario Bros. Thirty five. Okay. I realize. Mm. It was just a really fun game from a game that I played a ton growing up. So it was nice to just see that game, that simple game kind of turned on its head and just made way more interesting for me. So I definitely played more of that in this year than I did uh, Hades, although it wasn't for long because it shut down in March, I believe. So yeah, I was just going to ask, how long was that game around for? I believe it only was around for six months total. That sounds right. Three so months weird. in the in 2020 and three months in 2021. The bummer. Uh, my 2020 game of the year was Ghost of Tsushima. Revisiting that in Iki Island was awesome. <laughs> I It made me sad when I was done Iki Island that there wasn't more story content for me to play. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're going to make a sequel to that. That thing sold gangbusters. There's a movie being made. Like you'll have yeah. more ghost of Tsushima in your life. Do not, don't you worry. Yeah. Love um, it. And my number one, 2020 game is going under a small little roguelike that randomly popped up on Xbox's like free to free weekend days, whatever those are called. And I liked it so much. I bought it. I think the writing is very funny. Um, I, the look of it's pretty good as well. I thought there were some really good jokes about being like an unpaid intern at a startup. Um, it is on Game Pass now, so you can get that for free at another game I recommend. All, in fact, all the games I mentioned in this category are on Game Pass, so go nuts. Uh, the Community 2020 Game of the Year was Hades, which... Yep. Not surprising. Yep. Makes sense. Makes Not sense. Surprising. Especially how much talk that thing got at the end 
of 2020. I'm sure a lot of people want to check it out, and that is not a game that you're going to see all of in one weekend. So it makes sense it would drag in. Next up is going to be our disappointing game of the year. These games aren't necessarily bad. They just disappointed us, and they didn't live up to the expectations we had for them. Um, They could also just be so bad that (laughs) it was still a disappointment, but... Well, let's find out what we all picked, John, with your I'm, number three. I'm glad you prefaced that with this because my first one's probably going to annoy a bunch of people because my third most disappointing game of last year was WarioWare Get It Together. Hey, that's my number three game for this as well. <laughs> nice. All right. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I really did not like how that game controlled. Yeah, I just didn't I, like the the core initial initial premise of like they are all different. Like it made it so I can never bring this out at a party. For people i'd have oh, to I just ex- think of it that way i'd have to explain too much like okay hang on so these are the three you want to pick because this guy he jumps this one goes back and forth and then this one sucks but like it's he's he sucks a lot less than the other eight of them it's like yeah i'm never going to get to play this with friends yeah no that's entirely fair i didn't even think about the multiplayer wise i was thinking just single player focus because yeah i didn't like the core gimmick some characters just felt samey, or as Sean pointed out, some are just better versions of the other characters. Uh, you just don't even want to play some of the roster, including some fan favorite characters like uh, like Nine Volt just sucks straight up. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man, like it, everything just felt slower and just not as interesting and not as enjoyable as it did in previous WarioWare games. I just like the fact that WarioWare was meant to feel really fast and something about this just didn't quite click. Um, I, it might be different if I had played co-op a bit with someone who was also playing along with me, but as a core experience for single player, I was very disappointed. Yeah, and it's it's super odd because like WarriorWare is designed to be like almost like a one button game. Like it's it's very rhythm yeah. heaven esque, but because yeah. they all have like movement controls now, they're now just like really fast platformers. They're cursors so, basically, or yeah, platformers depending yeah, on who you're playing as. Yeah, it's so it's it's kind of almost a whole different thing, which by definition ended up being disappointing to me i was i was looking forward to more of what i'm used to and this is not what i wanted agreed my number three was 12 minutes fair yep yep uh that had a crazy voice acting cast uh kind of a cool uh look to um the trailers they put out for it and For all intents and purposes, people were talking not highly of it as a game, but highly of it as a concept in that, like, it's doing some interesting stuff and it does do some interesting stuff. But I don't think it doesn't stick the landing the whole way through. It has a lot of just mechanical janking issues that made it kind of unfun to play in some parts. And uh, all in all, it was just a complete disappointment, especially when you see other games this year, even have come out doing kind of similar concepts with time mechanics and they do it well. And 12 minutes Mm -hmm. is like easily the worst one of the year to do the time mechanic thing. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Just disappointing all around. Community disappointment. That was your number three as well. Right, Sean? Yeah. Uh, We both had Wario. Yeah. Okay. So number three was Mario golf super rush (laughs) for the community. This was on my list for sure. When I was reminded of WarioWare. And then it I feel bad off. because it definitely was not on mine. <laughs> I, I, that game is I don't like that game at all. Uh, yeah, I've 
jumping back a bit before WarioWare, I also forgot doesn't have any online co-op, which got pointed out in chat. And yeah, that also felt like it needed that. Uh, yeah, sorry. Number two for most disappointing for me was Balan Wonderworld. So you oh, were okay. looking forward to this. So here's the thing. It's not that I was looking forward to it. It's the fact that now that I played through it, we did the podcast and everything. I recognize that it should be way better than it actually is. Yes. I'm more disappointed that. that this is the end result is not what it should have been. Okay. I so you're, you're like wasn't a excited for it when it came saying out. like, I know you can do better than this if you applied yourself. And that's, that's yes, exactly. <laughs> Balan Wonderworld needed a teacher in the room is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. This is me on really every report card growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you mimicked that way too well. Yep. But yeah, no, it really should have been a better sum of its parts and it really wasn't they the dev team dropped the ball even though the actual personality was there the ideas were all right the actual exploration's okay but it's just marred by so many dumb decisions it's just not an enjoyable experience when it really should have been considering the pedigree yeah this is an honorary 2.5 for me now that you're describing it this way i completely agree <laughs> you with just you bummed paul out yeah. <laughs> well i was gonna think of like should I just like change my number two and say, yeah, I agree. I'm getting rid of my number two. But no, I still want to say my second one. Well, what is it? So it's the good life because hey, I want to do two as well. <laughs> I want Swery to do well. I just want the best things for him. And he's not going to do well if he keeps making bad games. That's true. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, the good life. Swery's great, but it's like the good life kind of finally cemented to me that I don't think he's the game developer. I thought he was. Uh, because right. it's like the third one in a row that's just kind of a letdown. But yeah. The Good Life takes it a step further. This game is ag aggressively hates you as you try to play it. <laughs> it is so annoying and frustrating. Like, like every aspect of it, it doesn't look very good. The audio, there's like one line recorded for everything that you hear over and over again. It's fetch quest after fetch quest. Like, I, it is hard to find anything interesting about this game. The story seemed interesting, but I couldn't yeah. get more than a toe into the story because I had to search around for a bunch of RNG drops for whatever the nine p task thing they needed me to do, yada, yada. I love yeah. that you couldn't even run either. <laughs> so it's like it was even worse for you <laughs> than normal. Yeah, I couldn't figure out how to run, so I had to. I walked everywhere. God, this game is. It almost angers me how much I dislike this game, and I'm not alone. And I mentioned this on the the TDP Plus podcast. Is like if you look at the like percentages of people who got the achievements, it's like less than half got the first one, and then after that, it drops to like less than six percent of people played over an hour of this game. Yeah, the bummer, dude. Oh, wait, this was your number two. Okay, community number two. <laughs> uh, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy is what they put. Oh, interesting. That's, okay. that's fair. Yeah, no, apparently those ports were really bad. Fair? I was not expecting to hear that on this list. I actually had it on my list, and then I remembered something else and shuffled some things around. I had two games I actually removed from my most disappointing, which I'm sure will come up later, and that was one of them. Uh, my number one for most disappointing this year was Mario 35 shutting down. <laughs> why yeah. it doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> sure. it was out for six months yeah no i could see that's a that's an interesting take on being disappointed at this game but totally valid yeah 
I, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. It makes no sense. Pac-Man 99 was all right, but like it just wasn't as interesting to me as Mario 35 was. I don't get it. They had such a cool idea and they just threw it away. I genuinely don't understand. So for yeah. me, that was a major disappointment because while that thing was live, it was a lot of fun. Uh, my number yeah. one game, I didn't want to say it, but it was 12 minutes. You guys said all my games. Okay. Before, <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, 12 minutes is so disappointing. I had to do a spoiler cast about it this year. Yeah, because there's there's a reality out there where 12 minutes, a different version of 12 minutes is like my game of the year. Like that game was so cool. I had been looking forward to. I love the design of it. I love the concept of it. It has some great actors in it. And then holy smokes. It's like they punch you in the stomach and then slap you in the face. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. And like, check out the spoiler cast. It is complete nonsense what happens. Like the first half of that game is like totally fine. And then you kind of realize just what you're going to have to do for the second half. And that doesn't even include the nonsense story that is just yeah. beyond disappointing and ridiculous. Like, holy smokes. It's a great like, I don't know one hour it's a great 45 minutes followed by like four hours of just tedium beyond belief and that was extremely disappointing for the uh expectations i had going into that game sure uh my number one most disappointing was dungeons and dragons dark alliance because <laughs> yeah that game was almost unplayable in the way it was released the oh, lobby system yeah. was absolutely fucking terrible and it is meant to be a co-op game in the f- way that if you are not playing co-op every enemy you have to do basically four times the amount of damage because they're expecting you to just have a full party at all times for the bosses the level designs were bad and this isn't even just this is like just the game stuff that sucks not even talking about the fact that like dark alliance this is a spiritual successor to the Baldur's gate dark alliance games which were some of the best games on older consoles that i ever played with a buddy uh not talking about the fact that it's based on the uh Drist books which is some of the best dungeon the dragons like lore and works ever written it's oh my god what an absolute piece of shit did you finish was. this game Dude, I didn't finish the third level. I stopped playing. I couldn't so I do played all of this game. I played I oh the whole God. whole game. Why? Because I I like co op <laughs> games. So, but this yeah. is a bad one. <laughs> this is a bad. Co- Sometimes when you play all the good co op games, you need to start going down the tier list a little bit. Um, and when you were done a mission in this game, it would leave. It would disconnect the party, so you would have to rejoin. I mean, at some point they did fix that because it didn't happen every single time. But yes, they, they, did, <laughs> they did fix some of the bugs. I will tell you that for sure. But okay. I just remember the like final boss. You have to fight like five times in a row because every time you take his health down, he just gets it back. I me and my buddy were just does that. we were just going insane. We were like, are you kidding me again? What is this? <laughs> Every boss does some form of that to the point where it feels like there's a glitch in the game and it isn't glitched. It's just that they're poorly designed. Just, yeah, wow, what a bad thing. Holy crap. Community most disappointing agrees with Sean. 12 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. By like... A yeah, decent game, amount too. That game sucks. Holy smokes, that game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's flip things around a bit. 
This is basically the opposite of the last quarter category. It's the surprise of the year. So this is something you went into with low expectations. It exceeded your expectations. In some way, it positively surprised you. All right. My list is a little tweaked on that because uh, two of the three of mine were more surprises that they existed in the first place and sure. came out because my number okay. three for surprise of the year was Mario Party Superstars. Wow. After how many years of everyone complaining about Mario Party not being what they wanted, they actually gave us what we wanted. And it's actually good. It's got five classic boards that people like. It's got actually decent net code. Uh, and it's got a lot of good classic minigames from the series. So if you like Mario Party at all, it just kind of appeared and it was honestly better than I thought. I'm just really hoping that it gets DLC, then it would be even better. Cool. Okay. So the surprise is that Nintendo listened to fans and made a decent online thing. You're right. That's that should be your number yeah. one surprise. That's a that, pretty big surprise. Trust me, my number one happen. is in a similar vein. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, uh, my number three was Inscription because I'm kind of sure. sick, kind of sick of card games, kind of burnt out on them. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. Inscription doesn't do anything new or exciting with a card game thing and there's a lot of card game in there but the things that inscription does do well the atmosphere is absolutely insane the uh the oh my god the twist it takes that i can't really talk about because i want you if i want you to play it because the thing that inscription does well it won't do as well if you know what it is and you haven't experienced it for yourself but that game goes into weird areas uh and there is a crazy art, uh, ARG game that I didn't even know about until after I was like looking something up. Some dude online does like an hour long video going into the ARG and it is fucking insane in the way that like is maybe it's like serial killer level stuff that this guy <laughs> went to for the ARG and it's awesome. But also like, I'm glad I didn't waste a lot of time with that. Cause I don't understand how some people find that stuff out. Inscription is just crazy. And it kind of came out of nowhere. It was like shown off at the devolver thing during E3 and came out a couple months later. Like, wow, what a thing. Uh, my number three surprise is halo infinite. I'm in no nice. way like a halo guy. I really like Halo Infinite, and even more surprisingly, I've played a lot more of the multiplayer than I would have ever expected, because I don't think I've played, like, outside of co-op more than maybe, like, a handful of hours of Halo multiplayer combined. <clears throat> I'm just enjoying it so much. I bought the Battle Pass, like, on the first day, because I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this the real try. Really glad I did it. They, you know, they have their... Obviously, like seasonal cosmetic events, which are fun, but just the campaign itself is a is a total blast. And it's it's probably like my favorite Halo game. These are usually just like something I do in a weekend moving on forever. Halo is something I've come back to quite a bit. And it the multiplayer has made me stop playing Apex as much as I used to, which is pretty crazy. Wow. Awesome. Community's uh, third pick was It Takes Two. Okay. That's fair. All right. My number two for surprise of the year, Guardians of the Galaxy. Especially after how Marvel's Avengers was uh, kind of received, I was like, I think this will be the better game because it's supposed to be single player and it's a different team. 
But at the same time, like I have very low expectations because of that. And then it turned out actually pretty decent. I don't care too much about the Guardians of the Galaxy outside of the movies, but that game just has so much personality to it. It just feels like those characters, if you watch the movie and like them and it plays all right. Um, definitely has some flaws here and there, but overall really enjoyed it and genuinely surprised with it. Agreed. Cool. Uh, my number two is loop hero. Again, a game that was just kind of like an indie darling to a bunch of people on itch gets a release on steam and just blows up. And it's just kind of a cool, almost second monitor type game type thing, but like kept me really intrigued in it for a while before other things kind of pulled me away from it. Just a neat style of gameplay kind of, I don't know, like lazy gaming. If this is a genre we can create or like put games in where it just just kind of plays itself. At that point, it's It's, just an idle game for the most part. It's kind of like an idle game. Yeah. yeah. It's a little more involved, but like not really also. (laughs) Is your whole Uh, list just going to be devolver digital games? It feels, I mean, for surprises, it's usually the devolve presented by devolver or whatever, (laughs) for sure. Uh, Yeah, just a great game. Uh, My number two game is Psychonauts 2. I think the big surprise here is just like how much of a home run that game is. Um, Yeah. With the development hell that it had been going through for years and years, Double Fine getting purchased and the question around that, and then just having it all come together to, to be what Psychonauts 2 is. That game was a complete like delightful surprise from the beginning to the end. It is a ton of fun and like it just, I'm so glad it is doing well for double fine. Um, I'm glad they were able to make kind of the game they wanted to. I'm, I'm happy to see that Microsoft it like is, is putting them to like good use and, and helps make this thing a really great game. Cool. Uh, the community number two pick agreed with John Marvel's guardians of the galaxy. Nice. All right. My surprise of the year was Mario 35 getting canceled again. I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Metroid Dread, another game that kind of came out of nowhere, specifically from Nintendo, and ended up being way better than kind of thought it would be, especially considering Dread was originally supposed to be a DS game way back in the day. So finally seeing that resurrected actually come out and actually being a 2D Metro game and actually being pretty good was just all generally a surprise. Again, it was Nintendo actually listening to their fans and releasing it. And the funny thing is, there was an article going around, I think it was this week alone, uh, an interview with the the lead for Metroid, who said like, yeah, we only got to make this and green like this because so many indie devs were making Metroidvanias and they were doing really well. So it's funny that the creator of the genre had to depend on fans of the genre to get the original genre back the original game from the genre back it's just this weird mishmash but it working out pretty good was a, so definitely the biggest surprise this year that's awesome i didn't know that <laughs> didn't it wasn't this mercury systems and they did Met- <laughs> samus returns this was Met, uh mercury steam yeah uh, and yeah. they did samus returns yeah but like that was just a remake and while it sold well like no one knew this was coming until like what four months before it came out because it got announced at the e3 last year and then came out in October. Yeah, I was just I was surprised. And Nintendo whole- put like Nintendo marketed this extremely hard. Like they've never marketed a Metro game that hard. Sure, and I think I- it literally outsold. I think they said in Japan it outsold every previous Metroid game in its first week. 
Right. Yeah. Well, you'd always heard that like Japan does not care for Metroid. So I bet that was not hard to do. Um, mm. The marketing, I'm not surprised because this was their like switch OLED game. So they were also trying to market that new console. You know, yeah. Quite but still. New. So. Yeah, good for Metroid. Yeah. Uh, my surprise of the year was the Rift Breaker, a game that nobody in the world is talking about. It seems on podcasts about stuff that came out in 2021. But Rift Breaker is just a great uh, action RPG mech game where you are colonizing a planet, uh, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. From I don't know if you would call them like a double A studio or something. They've released some other games. I don't necessarily think they're indie fully, but they're definitely not like a huge name. Xor Studios, and I think this is just an absolutely super fun survival type game uh, to play and just waste a whole bunch of time in with a lot of cool building stuff going on in it and a lot of good action and weird alien stuff. I think it's just one of the sleeper hits that I hope in 10 years people are like, oh, remember Rift Breaker? That thing was fucking dope. And then the rest of the world will say no. (laughs) But yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, My number one was Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, For a lot of the same reasons John mentioned, uh, Avengers kind of put like a real sour taste in my mouth. And also this game just didn't like preview very well when we were seeing trailers of it at e3 and and various live streams throughout the years it was completely flying under my radar i I should have given more kind of thought to who the developers are behind it because they're a good studio uh idos montreal and like they they the deus ex games are quality so you know there's there's good devs behind it but it was kind of a complete like left turn you know sucker punch of i was not expecting it to be as good as it was and it was very good when it came out so that was quite a surprise sure community pick for biggest surprise by a decent margin as well was mario party superstars that's fair okay all right audio of the year soundtrack does audio design voice acting whatever if it makes a sound it can be on this list john you're number three I'm cheating on this one because this game basically was unplayable for about a decade and finally came back this year. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game, Anamanaguchi's okay. amazing soundtrack. Okay. okay. Comes back, yeah. still fantastic to listen to. That game's just a pleasure for the ears. I do still have concert tickets to see them doing this soundtrack at the end of the month. I'm not sure if they're going to reschedule or if I'm going to go to that. <laughs> Good luck either way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number three is Resident Evil Village. Half of the horror in horror games is the sound design. Resident Evil has always been one of the leaders in that uh, ever since the first game where they had to rely on it because of bad camera angles and stuff like that. Uh, Resident Evil Village is no different. I, it doesn't do anything necessarily sp- like what I would say special, but just super solid. And uh, yeah, that's one of the things that excelled in, I felt. My number three is unpacking. Unpacking nice. is a fun okay. little game where you unpack after you go through a move. And part of the charm of this game is they have totally accurate Foley sound for every kind of object interacting with every kind of surface you go on. The yeah. developers came out and said they recorded over 14,000 audio files of 
things tapping onto others for when you place them down. And that's pretty crazy. And it just kind of adds to this great little game that is like chill game of the year. Um, and yeah, the audio definitely helps. <clears throat> sure. Uh, Mario Party Superstars is what the community says for number three. Okay. Number two for best audio for me, Forza Horizon 5. This is my first Forza Horizon game. Okay. Uh, lots of great soundtracks and radio stations there. The car sounds are seem authentic and are pretty satisfying, honestly. It really feels like I'm using like exotic supercars or I'm just using a dinky old like beat up Volkswagen for like when I'm running around like smashing trees and everything like it's just really satisfying to hear. And, and like I said, the music's good, too, to boot. Right on. Uh, my number two is near replicant version 1.22474487139 ellipses or whatever. The <laughs> remake that. of near. Yeah. The remake of near. Yeah. Um, Yo, Yoko Taro games music is like heart wrenching. You spend so much time in that world with those characters and they all kind of have their own different themes and music for things going on that anytime I hear that stuff now, it's like a Pavlovian response to just break down in tears and not be able to do anything for the next 10 minutes or so. That game is just the music is fantastic. This just came to my mind and it's not super related, but it's kind of related. I just want to listen to the soundtrack to uh, 13 Sentinels again. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, my number two audio of the year is Death's Door. Uh, Ooh, I thought the music one. was great. It has some really good boss themes. And like specifically when you get like a new power up and have to do the little challenge fight before it, there's a great music track that plays. It's all it's this really swooping uh, orchestral looking stuff. Um, yeah, I that like this game builds was, as you go. Yeah, I it's thought this great. Game yeah. Sounded great. That's a <clears> great <throat> choice. Uh, community chose Final Fantasy 14 and Walker. Okay. All right. <laughs> My game of the year for best audio Cruisin' Blast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, this is a re release of a uh, Raw Thrills and Nintendo branded game that got released on Switch this past year. And uh, it's all peppy, high energy pop music and like a bunch of like techno in there with some drum and bass. It's just a really weirdly satisfying high energy soundtrack, but it's also pretty condensed too because each race is very short. But like even the main theme song, super catchy. It's just like a, a really generally good soundtrack to listen to if you want something to kind of perk you up and get a little bit of energy off of. Nice. Um, my number one is feels like this game was made for this category. Kid Amnesia Exhibition. <laughs> the Radiohead. What? The Radiohead. Um, oh, okay. VR experience. Yeah. Well, first, I wish it was in VR because that thing is weird and creepy in a way that I wish I was in it and not mm. playing through it on a screen. But I so like you have to be a Radiohead fan, obviously, which I am. And going into that thing just like gave me chills every corner and just like the weird visuals and the music slowly like you getting closer to the music and it getting like louder and fitting in with the visuals just absolutely transcendent is the word i'll use i've absolutely loved it all right uh my number one for audio of the year is the artful escape uh 
this game is all about playing music. It's about playing crazy guitar solos throughout the cosmos uh, while you're becoming like a glam rock superstar on all these alien planets and you're like battling other aliens on like huge speaker towers while you're just ripping guitar solos. You can play guitar solo as you platform around the whole place. It is it is a nonstop guitar solo. It is just a feast for the eyes and the ears. You can easily play through this game in like two hours. It's on Game Pass. I, I, it's worth checking out, I think. Um, it's got a great uh, it's I mean, it's an Annapurna joint, so, you know, it's got a uh, uh, sorry, a great uh, voice cast in there as well. Jason Schwartz. Highly recommend it. Cool. Uh, first place was a tie between Persona 5 Strikers and Metroid Dread. Okay. All right. Uh, that brings us to our Patreon game of the year. Uh, what's our, basically our top three games that uh, we were forced to play through for uh, money this year. <laughs> John, what's your All number right. three? Uh, for those who don't know, I'm going to read out the 12 games we did first, just so people sure, know yeah. what we're pulling from. For cool. December 2020, we played Bug Snacks. For January 2021, we played Call of the Sea. February was Cyber Shadow. March was Iconoclasts. April was uh, Umarangi Generation. May was the original Shantae for the Game Boy Color. June was Bug Fables. July was Backbone. August was Anti-Chamber. September was Super Mario Brothers 1 for the NES. October was Cookie Clicker, and November was The Good Life. Again, reminding people, Balan Wonderworld will be on next year's Game of the Year, because we Correct. stopped at December, or stopped at November, rather. Right. Uh, which means my number three for Patreon Game of the Year that we did this year out of TDP Plus, Cookie Clicker. Um, nice. Honestly, it's a guilty <laughs> pleasure. Like, idle games and cookie, like, clicking games, they are majorly guilty pleasures for me. I've had a couple on my phone over the years. I've kind of had to stop them for a while because I was doing them a little too much. Uh, but <laughs> no longer yeah, idling. no cookie. Yeah. yeah, no cookie clicker is always a fun time. Uh, it's always fun just seeing how deep the rabbit hole goes. The weird stories about like blurbs about like grandmas taking over, becoming demons and stuff like that. <laughs> and just all these other silly, weird things. And just seeing how far you can go is, is generally fun. So that's my number three. Cool. My number three was Umurangi Generation. Just, this is also my number three. Yeah. Uh, a lot of style. Pretty fun gameplay. Uh, maybe a little bit too short for my liking. Wish there was a little bit more in there just in general. But overall, I really like the experience of it. Uh, I don't have anything like profound to say about it. It was just a fun time. I'll, I'll say it's got good vibes. I like the look of it. Sure. I, I love the environments you hang out with and like kind of this, the little bit of lore you can pick up uh, from like the graffiti or <laughs> the stuff going on in the background. Um, it's yeah, it's a cool game. You don't even have to really be super into photography to get some stuff out of it as well. Yeah, I feel bad because uh, I was I was super harsh in that game. I hated it. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, sometimes that happens. That's man. why we that's why we do a podcast together because it's <laughs> circle jerks are boring. I don't have the uh, community stuff for this. You're right. I have the community ah. stuff. The number three is a four way tie between <laughs> Bug Snacks, Shantae, Bug Fables, and Cookie Clicker. Wow. All right. Okay. My number two for Patreon Game of the Year: Bug Snacks. Me too. 
Yeah. Fun game. Uh, just a weird, cute, casual playthrough until you get to the actual story. And then you're like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, that <laughs> game was full. Of, that game is full of surprises and is a lot more than it appears uh, at the original beginning. And there's DLC coming up for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I want to play the DLC. I feel like like it was just a nice condensed contained product. That's my it's got to be something really special to make me want to go back. I'm trying to remember if there's going to be like story stuff to it or or if they're just like giant bug snacks or something like that. Wasn't it? I can't remember. Yeah, they're they're giant bug snacks. Right on. Paul, that was also your number two, you said. Yeah, what a great thing that was. My number two is Call of the Sea. Um, nice. I think I also picked this game, but it was just a really enjoyable uh, little puzzle game, kind of mist light like. Um, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the puzzles, the levels. I think it looks really nice. And there's some cool different like biomes you go through. I thought the voice acting was really well done. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, it's, a, it's I think it's a good puzzle game. Sure. The community number two was Iconoclasts. Okay. Nice. And that was actually my number one was Iconoclasts. Uh, excellent Metroidvania done by a pretty well, like a decently known and uh, good dev who's made some good stuff over the years. Iconoclast just has a good flow to it. Uh, it's got a weird charm to it. Some pretty serious topics going on during it. And while it doesn't, quite fully flow narratively the best there's still some weird loose ends and some very like why are you making this kind of decision with some characters it was just an enjoyable experience uh just and generally a pretty easy to recommend metroidvania totally yep uh my number one was bug snacks that you guys not surprised not surprised Uh, (laughs) bug snacks is as you guys said just super delightful and goofy and fun and it was always great finding a new bug snack or like a weird giant one and being like how do you deal with this um i still have some of those guys like you know creature calls stuck in my head at all time uh yeah i'll never forget like the sando the sandworm sandwich one or um, sandipede yeah sandipede <laughs> and uh the 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 um the burger one is great yeah bunger well. bunger bunger as chat is also reminding us and yes. scooby banoopy <laughs> they're, so, they're so good um and also just a great follow-up to from the people who made octodad like oh yeah that, i forgot that was yeah. that team that's yeah young horses is i believe the name of the studio which is a great dev name and they just put make out or they they put out just memorable games and it's great yep and the number one community game of the year was super mario brothers <laughs> Oh, come on. What? <laughs> by right. a by a substantial amount. I don't understand, but all right. Sorry. As the Nintendo guy of the three. Wow, guys, really? <laughs> really? As the guy who put Mario 35 on two of his game of the year lists. Really? Yeah. Do, do you think the people that vote on that vote for our like they like listening to the episode or just for the game no, or I bet some people genuinely are like, yeah, no, I like this episode a lot, but I, I think, think some other people are just like this game is one that I've played. So I will give it my vote. 
I think sure. in the description, I put both of those as reasons why you should vote for it. So it's not clear yeah. like what why you would vote specifically. It could be. I don't even remember how the episode went other than like me and Paul, me like going on about like memories and Paul and Sean saying like, yeah, I, I was terrible at this game. Uh, you know uh, what? I could see liking that episode for that because it was almost just more banter than it was game talk in a lot yeah. of ways. I could see that. I'm also thinking like if if there's people who are voting on the poll, which, by the way, like only a quarter of the patrons actually voted on it for whatever oh. that's worth. Um, but uh, I do know that some of the patrons, when it comes to the polls, they vote on the game they've heard of. And I bet this yeah. game has been heard of by more patrons than any of the other games. So there could. Well, be that as well, yes, that's it's kind of easy to have heard about Mario Brothers one at this point. Yeah. Sorry, Super Mario Brothers one. All right. We're down to the the big list. The reason everybody's here, we're going to do a top 10. Our games of the year, from 10 to 1. We also have the community 10 to 1 as well. And like we said, after we do our get number two games, we'll announce what you guys guessed would be each of our game <laughs> of the year. So, John, please start us off with your 10th favorite game of 2021. Right. I'm going to preface this list with a couple things. Uh, I felt weird about game of the year. Sorry. Well, this is kind of important. I felt uh, weird about game of the year this year. And I like I felt Paul and I were kind of also bouncing some things back before the cast, too. I feel like this is a good list, but in in a perfect world, probably wasn't actually my top 10. If that makes sense. I feel like my list would be a bit different if I had gone through a bit more of the pile of shame and honorable mentions. But like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's always how it works. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I feel like normally I'm just like. Yeah, like these are these are mostly how I feel. This one, I feel like I don't think my number one's really my number one, but I don't have any choice in the matter, if that makes sense. That might be we might be feeling similar. I talked to Paul about this a couple weeks ago. Um, This was the first year where a game did not jump out at me as this is my favorite game of the year. But it was the it was the first year where I had a hard time picking only 10 games. Yes, like my, like my honorable, I mention honorable list, mentions. I think, is longer than it typically is when I do these lists. Um, so, like, I definitely love these 10 games. But when it comes to, like, the top, like, five, I, you could almost flip those around and I wouldn't be upset about it. Whereas I know last year there was, like, when it came to, like, Ghost of Tsushima, I was like, I just finished yeah. the game of the year. Like, that yep. was it right there. Holy smokes. And, and stuff like that. Whereas this one, it didn't really jump out at me. And it was like, well, I think this is the one I had the most fun with. But, you know, it, it yeah. could be a toss up. Yeah, there's like that. Like, so in case in point two, I actually my top my number 10 rotated like two or three different times till I finally settled on this one. Sure. Uh, my number 10 for the year is Blaster Master Zero Three. Nice. This hey, is an honorable now, mention for me. Yeah, this was an honorable mention for me for a while, which is weird because I love this series and I'm pretty sure one or two got my game of the year nod at like back in the day. Yeah. But um, yeah, like this is the third game of the series now and the end of the trilogy. So the storyline with Jason and Eve and Fred is all done at this point. Uh, the gameplay is the, uh, the best it's ever been. They yeah. balanced out the Gaia mechanics, uh, the overworld like metroidvania style going back and forth is in a pseudo returned state uh but i generally did not like the ending of the game it's a bittersweet ending and not the ending i hope they were gonna get if that makes sense uh so i was left a little a little mixed on it 
But out of everything I did play this year, it probably did feel like it belonged in the top 10 no matter what, because the gameplay itself was solid. It was the conclusion to a trilogy I was really invested in. And uh, yeah, it's still a good game at the end of the day. So my number 10 is Blaster Master Zero Three. OK, sure. Paul. I mean, <laughs> yeah, same thing. I deleted my list earlier today at work and rebuilt it from the ground up because <laughs> wow, okay. I was also having issues uh my number 10 was a late edition because i finished it recently marvel's guardians of the galaxy uh nice not because i love the gameplay it gets a little stale at the end uh like the actual gameplay part but it's pretty it's just fun to see where that story goes and it's fun seeing this game's depiction of weird marvel characters and monsters of sorts and like enemies and how it all kind of comes together in the end. I think the ending is pretty fun too. fun way to do the ending. Just all in all, it was a super enjoyable time. And as I thought on it more and more, it just barely beat out some of the honorable mentions that uh, used to be in the number 10 spot. This game is also on my honorable mentions list and was a like close to taking the number 10 spot. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think the facial animation is fantastic throughout this game. Um, yeah. Did you guys notice at the in the end when you beat the second to last boss, there's this like walk towards the camera that's weirdly yeah. long and awkward? Yes. Yeah. What was up with that? <laughs> it just seemed super I mean, weird. It's, I felt it's like, like it was a victory lap, something. right? I it's, guess it yeah. just went on for like weirdly long. Like it, I felt like I was doing something wrong. Oh, OK. Fair enough. Um. Anyway, my number 10 is Narita Boy. Ooh, this, this is a wow, really that was, just that was this year that was this yeah. year this is a weird game it's such a weird little like hack and slash platformer it has like but it has so much cool style to it there's like a grunginess to its kind of like glitch film grain aesthetic and that kind of goes hand in hand with the music and then every now and then you're like little kind of 16-bit dude would just do like a dance for whatever reason is going on and it's like so it like seems real serious and then it's goofy and then there's like weird flashbacks to like japan in the 80s and it's just such a strange game but there's just something i really loved about playing through it that it just had me hooked for like a week and a half sure i mean it's an honorable mention for me for the same reasons (laughs) so yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, the community number 10 spot was Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey. Right on. Okay. All right. My number nine for the year. Hot Wheels Unleashed. This came out <laughs> cool. of nowhere. Yep. I, I was only doing this for a promo stream and ended up actually loving the game way more than I expected because I realized it was just Trackmania, but with Hot Wheels. Yeah uh generally a super fun game the track creator is a little limited but it's still you can make some absolute monstrosities it's just some goofy ass fun and it does bring back memories of childhood since it's hot wheels and stuff like that so yeah easy number nine i'm surprised this wasn't on your surprise list because this seems like it would it would really hit that i was i was more surprised with what else i put on there sure yep yeah my number nine is psychonauts too nice uh so I played Psychonauts 1. I didn't finch Psychonauts 1 back in the day. I played a ch- like a decent chunk of it. I thought it was good. 
I had fun with it. I didn't think it was amazing or anything. I thought Psychonauts 2 was amazing in a lot of different ways. I thought it was just super engaging, fun gameplay. Uh, more importantly, uh, just every area of that game is different enough that I've never felt bored going through it and doing stuff. I also don't have a collectionist, like a completionist or collection based brain. I will just leave stuff if it's not easy to get to because I don't care about any of that stuff. So I could see this seems like the type of game that if I cared about that stuff, maybe I would have been more annoyed in some spots, but I went through it at a decent pace and I just felt it was fun the whole way through. We're on nine, right? Nine. Yep. Yeah. My number nine is new Pokemon snap. Uh, I had not played a ton. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I had not played a ton of the first Pokemon snap outside of my dentist's office. Um, so I had always been wanting a new one so I could really sink my teeth into it. And we got a really good one that addressed all the problems people had with like, you know, the short gameplay of the first one. This one even got like bonus episodes or areas, I guess, is as free DLC. There's a lot to play through in this one. There's a lot of good quality replay value. And it is just like a really like chill, good time of hanging out and taking some pictures of Pokemon and throwing rocks at them so that they'll (laughs) dance for you and then taking a photo of that (laughs) because you're a weird (laughs) monster child. Um, And yeah, it's a it's a very good game. Cool. Community number nine was it takes two. Nice. All right, my number eight for the year, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. You play a Ratchet & Clank game? This is Ratchet & Clank, but more. Uh, The loading on the PS5 is ridiculously fast, so they basically felt like there was no downtime between segments. Uh, The new characters are great. It it has the feel of the classic games down surprisingly well, and it's still got that charm that it had even back in the first game, back in the PS2 era, so... Great game. Uh, always a good time to go to a Ratchet & Clank game, and this one is, is up there with the rest. I'll say this nice. is my number seven. Yeah, this was a really great, you know, it, uh, you know, platformer. It's a really good showpiece for the PS5. Uh, it looks so good. The audio is great, and it's just, it's really fun. Even all the side stuff is fun to do. Like, I pretty much did everything you could in that game. Uh the, the areas are dense they're fast the the momentum and the, uh, when you get like the glider on that like deserty planet it's it's a lot of fun to play this game my number eight is the forgotten city that's the also g- my number eight <laughs> nice okay nice uh whereas i i mean we were both disappointed in 12 minutes especially yeah. like for some mechanical stuff the forgotten city was a standalone game made by a dude and with help from a bunch of other dudes uh, to make it kind of a standalone thing because it was a it was a mod for Skyrim or Oblivion. Yep. One of the two Skyrim. Skyrim, I think, before. And uh, he figured out how to do all the stuff that 12 minutes does wrong. Right. There's like a cool narrative device that you don't have to replay the big things anytime you do a loop, which is huge. And not only that, but like the narrative device in it, I don't want to spoil things necessarily if we can help it. Like you can see it happening in real time as you're doing other stuff. And 
I don't know. Just the way that story goes is absolutely crazy. The ending is fantastic because it gives you a moment with every character that you just spend a whole bunch of hours learning about helping through this thing. And the like victory lap on it is absolutely crazy and awesome. There's twists and turns you don't really see coming, even though you probably know like some of these characters are shitty. Uh, You just maybe don't know how shitty they are. That game is just an absolutely fantastic surprise that uh, I think everybody should play if they get the chance to. So good. It it is really good, and it's because it's only like five hours long. Like it's totally like able to do in like a sitting or two. It's on yeah. Game Pass, so like you don't have an excuse at this point. Um, yeah, as as someone who was deeply disappointed with twelve minutes, this was like like a warm hug. It was like, no, no, it's okay. You, it's okay to love time loop games again. Here, <laughs> Forgotten City exists. <laughs> um, it it respects your time, whereas Twelve Minutes does not respect your time. And, yeah. and like for all the same reasons, like the characters are interesting, and you go into this thing and like, man, this is going to be so confusing. With like, I got to learn like fifteen different people's stories, but like, it remembers things for you. It makes it easy to go throughout. Like, it, it, it there's a lot of hand holding where you need to have hand holding. And yeah, being able to like skip and to get to back to like, hey, I need you, this guy, I need you to tell these four people something so I can get back to this chunk of the time loop without having to do it myself was such a breath of fresh air after 12 minutes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it is just the story is super interesting and it is a really fun little like murder mystery that you get to play for five hours. And like we're 12 minutes, you never really wanted to have to do another loop because it's like, I just want to do this right because i have to sit through this whole fucking thing again if i do one thing wrong in forgotten city they have like reasons why you would want to maybe do another loop to try different stuff out they let you experiment it's more sandboxy in that way down so like there's a lot of discovery in there that feels natural and gives you that like aha moment for example there's a character that you meet at some point that you're like oh this this dude's a bad dude and you learned previously that this building collapses if something happens or whatever. So, like, when you put together, oh, I could get rid of this guy without killing him by, like, maybe telling him to go check this out. Or, like, there's little moments in there that you learn what is happening in this timeline so that you can play with it and actually feel like you're making a natural progression. I can't stop saying great things about yeah. that game. You also get to do the fun thing that rarely happens in these kind of games where you can just say to the person, like you can try and break it. Like a lot of the, there's a lot of good dialogue yeah. choice in there of like, you just go into the first guy and being like, Hey, I'm from the future <laughs> and you're stuck in a loop. And they're, and then kind of see how the game reacts to you. Just like saying, no, nah, no, nah, I want to just mess with this and see what's going to happen, which rarely gets to happen in, in, you know, the same kind of uh, themes throughout different media. Like you don't really see that in, in, in movies too much either. So it's fun that you, you have the option to try and break it and see what the game does. The twist is so good, too, in that when because it's like, oh, if I had taken a set, it's the type of twist that if you take a second to think about it, you would have figured it out. But like <laughs> it, it yeah, still right hits you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's great. Yeah. Uh, number eight for community was Resident Evil Village. Okay, fitting at number eight. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My number seven for the year, Forza Horizon 5 for the Xbox Series X. Nice. Um, This was my first Forza Horizon game. Honestly, pretty fun. Now, I'm usually not big on open world games, but I feel like 
The few that I have enjoyed have mainly been where the traversing is the fun part. And uh, when it's a racing game that you can kind of drive anywhere. Yeah, uh, that makes the traversing pretty fun and interesting. Like, it's just the whole thing's just a party. It's just nice driving around. You can just bump into other people, their drive avatars, or just play in groups with friends. It's just a cool idea, and I really enjoyed it. So there you go. My number seven. This is on my honorable mentions. It's a great Forza. I'm on the other side of having played them all, so it's a bit of diminishing yeah. returns. But I, it is a great Forza Horizon game, for sure. Totally. Uh, my number seven is Metroid Dread. Okay. This, this is also uh, on my honorable mentions. Sure. Metroid Dread, when in the initial list I made, was in the top three, I think. And then I just kind of moved it around a little bit. And I feel comfortable with it here. I love Metro, uh, the old style Metroid games. This is a return to form. The things I don't necessarily like about this game are the things that are kind of new to it. I don't like the Emmy stuff pretty much at all. Uh, I don't mind the like parry system and all, any of that stuff. I think that's fine. But like at the end of the day, none of that matters because this is more Metroid. They gave me Metroid in 2021 on their Nintendo console. And I was just absolutely crazy for it for a couple weeks there. Uh, Sean, your number seven. My seven was Ratchet and Clank. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, bad. right. Yeah. So so our community number seven. Community 7 was Shin Megami Tensei 5. Not surprising. Good choice. Yeah. My number 6, and to be fair, uh, I was going to be a little salty about this at first, but I guess I did put WarioWare in my disappointing, so I understand it. Mario Golf Super Rush is my number 6. I love the Mario Golf games, and uh, this one was very more so multiplayer-focused for content, and that was what I wanted, which apparently wasn't a, for most other people. And I understand why they were disappointed by it, but it was a treat for me. I had a blast with it. Love playing that. If anyone wants to play a game anytime and, I'm, and I have the time, I will boot it up right away. I just generally love that game. Sure. Uh, my number six is Death's Door. This or, is my number five. Okay. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons that I like Metroid for being a Metroid game in 2021, Desert Door is uh, much more like a Legend of Zelda game in 2021 in the way it does a lot of things. Just yep. the kind of giant open world exploration, go to an area based on what people are saying and what you think your mission is and look around until you run into something. Biggest flaw I think of the game is that I wish it had any sort of map at all because I felt like I was spending a little too much time lost in the main graveyard anytime i got to like an offshoot area i was fine exploring that completely all the way through but um i did oh, decide I, to go i like, got lost quite a bit i remember like the swampy area i definitely got lost um, yeah i did everything you could do in this game i did I got, as well like every single collectible every like boss like true ending absolutely every single thing you could do so i definitely spent a bit yeah. too much time like searching like is there more I can do in this? Like, where is the thing? Yada, yada, yada. So a map would have been fantastic. Um, That's where I miss the map. Like, I don't think you necessarily even need the map if you are just going to play through, like, the main story and just kind of stop whenever you're tired of it. But when you're looking around to see what area you didn't go to or whatever, that would have been really, really nice. Uh, 
I found myself getting lost in some like for long periods of time sometimes like 20 to 40 minutes sometimes just looking around for where I maybe didn't go because there's no fast travel really either that's like good necessarily there's checkpointing of some sort where you can go back to a hub and then if you know which door leads to which checkpoint you can use that but there's no like quickly moving around the map or anything like that uh regardless it's made by Acid Nerve, who made Titan Souls, which was one of my favorite indie, like, darling games of whenever that came out, five years ago or something like that. And um, I was pleasantly surprised not only that this game is a super competent, super fun Legend of Zelda-type game in 2021 made by them, but it also has ties to that game and has, like, callbacks and Easter eggs to it, and it, that ending is fucking awesome. I really loved uh, my time with Death Store. Yeah, I, I think this game is just is super cool and it plays yeah. really well. The combat is is fast and it's snappy. I think the look of it is just great. They do some great stuff with color. All the bosses are really nicely designed in just kind of how weird and goofy they are. The art style is both like mellow and creepy, but also like silly at the same time in places. I just yeah. I like the world quite a bit. Like there is some really cool aspects of that. And then you're just this like crow guy with a sword going around <laughs> and just like there'll be su super serious cutscenes happening. But because you're a crow, you're just doing like the bird thing where your head's just kind of like twitching <laughs> like a like a dumb bird. And that's just great to be, to be reminded about. And yeah, it Death Door is is so cool. Like I would death stores yeah. two, please make a death store too because i bet that's gonna like just knock it out of the park yeah uh so my number six right mm -hmm. yep my number six is unpacking oh As nice before okay. it's like that's this is the cozy game of the year you're just gonna unpack yeah. a bunch of different houses you're gonna organize your socks you're gonna hang up your pants you're going to put some pictures on the wall. You're going to put your Gundams up. You're going to organize all the GameCube games by themselves and all the DVDs by themselves, not just yep. mix it all up like some kind of actual psychopath. Um, right. And there was there's just kind of a lot of heart. And like the way it tells its story is also like pretty unique. Like you, you don't see characters. There's no dialogue. But by the 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 objects you are unpacking. And, and the areas you are unpacking into, you get a really well-rounded idea of who this person that you're inhabiting is. And that was that was pretty unique. That is that is very like you could only do this kind of reveal at, what, like this if it was a video game. Um, and so this game was just extremely unique in that regard. And it is it's like an hour long. This is like a late night. You're just like on the couch with like the lights turned down low, just doing some unpacking. And it is a great time. Yeah, agreed. It was a good time. Uh, community number six was Persona 5 Strikers. Nice. All right. My number five. And this is one that I wish I'd gotten more time with because I have a feeling it actually would have been even higher on the list. This is a game called Unsighted. Now, this is the okay. game I actually, I think, put on my list for a TDP Plus for, I think it was either January or December. But this is a, a, a top-down hack-and-slash Metroidvania uh, where you play as, a I guess, an Android equivalent 
where you have to go around and try to figure out why you've lost your memory and then where everyone else is, your like your friend slash lover, uh, the doctor that created you is missing, and the power source to all androids has been taken over by humans. And as a result, every character in the game has a lifespan that is listed by their character. So your character has, I think, 325 in-game hours to live, and an hour takes just like a couple minutes but so does every NPC in the game. And when that time runs out, they become what's called an unsighted, which is just a, an android that has no uh, sentience and is just mindlessly trying to kill and get more of like the energy source. So if you take too long while playing the game or get killed too many times, literal NPCs around you will start going insane and attacking you. It's hmm. such a cool idea. Um, you have to go around like going to these different bases. You get different weapons you can craft. You can get guns. You balance between the two. There's different types of rocket launchers and everything else you can get. It's fast-paced parry combat. Um, my only thing I hate about it is that it's stamina-based, and I do not like that as a mechanic. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> but this is, uh, I'm going to say, Paul, I think this would be one of your games you should try out. I think you would generally like this game. Uh, but yeah, game no, pass. I just, is it? Yep. I played like nice. an hour. Of yeah, it, it is. Over. Yeah. yeah. No, generally super fun game. Uh, like I said, I did not get far enough in it because of a later game on this list, but I have a feeling this probably would have possibly cracked top two, if not first place, if I had given it enough time. And unfortunately, I got to it too late. But uh, I'm actually probably going to play this game after the podcast is done so I can keep playing it more. But yeah, really fun. Highly recommend it. Unsighted. Man, I'm excited to jump into that at some point. That sounds yeah. real good, <laughs> man. Oh, um, and number- sorry, one last thing yeah. before you go in. Uh, if you don't like the timer mechanic, you can just turn it off, which is also really cool, too. Oh, that's really good, because I don't like that already. Yeah, but- fair enough. I like it because I like Dead Rising, so I like the idea of like, oh, man, I'm pressured to make sure I can do this correctly. And you do get items to extend anyone's life by a little bit. Like, you can add 24 hours to anyone if you find certain oh, items. That's okay. But... And it, yeah. and it doesn't seem to be too scattered out, but like the game even warns you like, yeah, like make sure you don't go too slow because there might be actual NPCs you can meet in later worlds that are just gone because you got there too late. So oh. it, it's an interesting thing. And you don't and you can go to any of the five locations in any order. So you can free roam and pick it. They give you like a this is our recommended order, but this is yeah. like you can do whatever you want. So like I said, I wish I dug into this more because the what I've played of it so far I've really enjoyed and if it's a stamina based game and I enjoy it probably means it's a good game sure oh man I gotta try this thing for sure uh my number five is Resident Evil Village y'all know it was gonna be on here yeah, somewhere I yep. knew I knew this wasn't yep. gonna be your number somewhere one. yeah um the game is really good the first time you play through it there's a uh, big big lady in it the th- so <laughs> Yeah, that part is one of the best parts of the game, just in the way you can tell Capcom way cared that lady about is that like part. Really big. I mean, you can tell that that's the part that like they cared about, and maybe, maybe wanted to like make the full game in that area at some point because that is fleshed out in a way some of the other parts aren't, and uh, that part is way too short for my liking. Uh, there is a lot of fluff in that game. I think that doesn't work well in subsequent playthroughs it's the best playing out of that and seven obviously you can skip cutscenes that you've seen a million times so that automatically makes it better than seven in a lot of ways uh, especially for replayability 
but it just doesn't have like the charisma or spark that seven did uh it doesn't have necessarily anything special going forward in that regard it has some decent combat stuff going on in it the first time you go through some of those set pieces is really really great because you don't know what's happening and then it's a little bit of a chore until you get to the next part it has some cool characters that i think it wastes and it it, more than anything is just a decent ending to a story for somebody in that series um but like it's still one of my like highlights of the year the lead up to it i replayed through the resident evil games going up to it uh i was hyped for like anytime they showed anything off on it i was hyped for the demos i was hyped to play through it the first time i even played a little bit through it the second time and was like yeah okay or whatever like it was still a high point to be sure it's just it uh had diminishing returns but that's okay not every game has to be infinitely replayable uh, my number five was Death Store. Oh, right. Okay. Number five for Community was New Pokemon Snap. Well deserved. Yeah. All right. Fourth place for me, Mario Party Superstars. Again, nice. you gotta like Mario Party for this to be high, but this is a really good Mario Party return to form for the franchise. And like I said, the net play works surprisingly well. It's not perfect, but it's way better than I feel net play has been for most other Nintendo games. So, yeah, really fun game if you like Mario Party. Sure. Uh, my number four is Near Replicant, uh, the re-release of Near. It's not even necessarily just a re-release because there is new content that if you only played that old one you haven't seen that was kind of a scenario apparently from one of the books uh to deal with Kaine who's one of the best characters of that game so I still recommend playing that game even if you did play it 10 years ago or whatever um it definitely shows its age especially if you started with Automata uh it plays worse than that in a lot of considerable ways but I think I like the characters more in this one I think the stakes for me emotionally was higher with them and um, it was just an absolute, like, awesome time. I really, really liked this game, and I liked squeezing every second I could out of it, but I don't necessarily think I'll revisit it. Kind of the same thing with uh, Resident Evil Village, but this was longer, and uh, I think I enjoyed my first playthrough of it more in general. My number four was Psychonauts 2. I had a tremendous amount of fun with this. I think it looks great. It plays great. It's a really good platformer with a lot of fun little areas to jump around and explore uh, with all your different powers and whatnot. Uh, And the story is surprisingly deep. They go to some really interesting places with those characters. Um, I think it's well earned kind of the, the themes that they're touching on, despite being like some pretty serious themes that you wouldn't maybe expect from what is essentially a beat-em-up platformer. Uh, the area with Jack Black, that whole kind of section is, is really nice. There's some great music in there. The, the just kind of visual design of all the different areas look so good. There's like the whole dentist mouth area, which is gross. There's a whole hair <laughs> area that's pretty gross. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like the psychedelic Jack Black kind of thing is, is is very cool and how that all comes together. There's some really great moments. 
and just yeah like the story is just is really nice and there's such good character moments all the way throughout that whole game it's it's really great to see cool community number four was super mario 3d world and bowser's fury now a lot of people wow. put just bowser's fury and like me i think one put 3d world so i just it's obviously the yeah. same product i combined yeah. them yeah sure surprise on that but all right yeah uh, I actually shuffled my number three and number two around just then, uh, but I'm going to commit to it now. My number three is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. nice. All right. Yeah. So I really wish I had been able to put way more time into this. I did not get to finish this game, okay. but it left such a strong impression on me that it generally I felt it really needed to be pretty high on this list. Sure. Uh, I just love so much about it. I just really love that. It, again, yeah, it's the Deus Ex team because it's Eidos Montreal. So there's like so many branching paths in certain cases, like certain stages and chapters can be done completely differently. And I got to experience at least both of those with the Lady Hellbender story, which was really cool. Um, I just love the banter between the characters to a point. There's too much of it, but what uh, past the overwhelming point, it's still really good banter. Yeah. I love a bunch of those characters. I love Drax. I love Rocket, Groot. Uh, I love Gamora. I basically love everyone but Star-Lord. I think that might be <laughs> one of the points against it is that you have to play as Star-Lord because he's the least interesting though, of the characters. Because you didn't finish it, Star-Lord gets a pretty great moment in the back half of that game. I think I, I like the Star-Lord more anyway, but and I liked Chris Pratt's Star-Lord. Yeah, no, I definitely like fair. him more than Chris Pratt. I'll give him that. I will yeah. give him that. He's he's less annoying than I found Pratt's character, even though that's kind of the point of the character. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, this would this would probably be higher if I had gotten to play more of it. Honestly, it actually was second and I bumped it down. So, uh, yeah, still, I'm hoping to play more of this in the year and actually get the full experience. It might be my uh, 2021 game of the year next year. Who knows? But uh, still a very nice. solid game. What I played and what I what I played left a good impression on me. Agreed. Yeah. You'll like it all the way through then. It's cool. very good. Yeah. yeah. Paul. Uh, number three, right? Number th yeah. My number yep. three was Monster Hunter Rise. Came out early in the year. Uh, threw me off and left a bitter taste in my mouth when halfway through the year they're like, yeah, this is coming to PC in six months. So I stopped playing it because I'm like, I'm not going to do the same thing as I did with World and put like 400 hours into this and one thing only to put another 400 in on the PC. That's insane. But... Before they did all that bullshit, I was playing it on the Switch every night and just having an absolute blast with it. And I'm playing it now on PC as of this recording and having an absolute blast with it. It's such a fun game. Just exactly what the Monster Hunter series needed in updates to how you move around in that world and how the weapons work, the lobby system. Everything about it is just top notch. It's one of the best games of 2021 for sure. My third favorite game of the year was Inscription. Wow, Inscription that's high. Is, okay. Inscription is so cool. It is so yeah. memorable. I'm sure it'll definitely, like, out of these 10 games, be one of the games I remember for the longest. Um, sure. I like card game, so, like, that part was even fine on me. Um, but just, like, the set dressing, the characters you come across with, the revelations about the characters you come across 
it's it's all just so cool and weird and creepy and touching and and the FMV parts are strange and eerie and the ending is is dreadful and strange and it is such a special little game that like i I feel like you just you need to play it and you need to stick with it and and it is such a special little game did you look into that arg stuff at all a bit yeah i i it's crazy about it it's crazy (laughs) that game just keeps going in some respect yeah um yeah i'm definitely like I, i didn't play pony island um but I'm ready. I will play whatever his next game is. Uh, like you've got a fan. So. Yeah, sure. Uh, the community number three pick was Psychonauts 2. Nice. All right. My number two. And again, conflicted about this one. I did want to move this to number one, but I think after some deliberation, I I'm cool with where it is. My number two is Astalon Tears of the Earth. I've been playing this recently. It's so good. It's extremely good. So this got released yeah. by Danjin Entertainment. I think it was Labs. I can't remember the full name. It's like Labs Labs or something like that was the team name that made it. Uh, this is an 8-bit style Metroidvania about a group of three adventurers that have going to uh, a tower, the Tower of Serpents, to figure out why the water coming to their village is poisoned. And uh, you have three different classes for the characters. You have a ranger who has a bow and arrow and can wall jump. You have a knight who has a sword, shield, and armor. And you have a a mage that has like just a medium range spell casting. And it is just a solid, fun Metroidvania that takes about like twelve hours your first time through. Every like they focus pretty well on each character like each character has their own uses when i started playing the game i'm like wow i'm never going to use character blank here yeah. and then after going th- like after beating the game i'm like wow i used pretty much everyone pretty evenly more than i thought i would yeah so like it's pretty well about there's like one character i used the least and but that's spoiler territory uh, but like it was really fun i generally enjoyed it when i took this past week to kind of go through ga- games for game of the year discussion I couldn't stop playing this one. <laughs> so I went through, beat the main story, unlocked a bunch of the side modes and then started the side modes. I'm like, I have to go play something else. Otherwise, I'm just going to be here. Mm-hmm. I honestly, this really felt like it should have been my game of the year. But there's just a bunch of weird glitches in the game when you're playing it. Like I'm playing specifically the Switch version. I don't know if this is the case in the Steam one, but when you get enough orbs from the bubbles, the game slows down to a crawl um, when some of the screen shake effects happen, the game absolutely becomes unplayable. I turn screen uh, shake off on every game as a default because it makes yeah, me you, ill. You cannot in this <laughs> game, which is another important thing to point out. There is oh. moderate and full. There's no way to turn oh, it off completely. True. Which is a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's not too many screens that have that issue. And I had another weird glitch where uh, I would fall through ladders even after I climbed to the top of them. Like normally when you climb a ladder, you just stand on top of it. But sometimes that wouldn't happen. And that actually got me killed a couple times, which was frustrating. Yeah. Hmm. Again, that might be just be a switch issue, but uh, generally a fantastic game that honestly, this was just a passing conversation. I had with Paul last week talking about this Uh, because he's just like, yeah, I heard this one was really good. And I looked it up, tried it and got hooked immediately. So I highly recommend this. And again, it was really close to game of the year, except for just the small things here and there. 
Yeah, it's an honorable mention for me because I didn't play enough of it. But every time yeah. I I had to not play it because the couple the two times I did play it, I ended up playing for like two hours and inst- just losing time and being like, oh, shit, I need to go to bed. Like it is so good in the way that like I really like trying where you have the different characters to do different things and kind of almost puzzly Metroidvania yeah. way, but like obviously not changing through them as you play, but kind of at checkpoints, essentially. Uh, it's just a really good dungeon crawler type thing though, where you have nothing, like literally nothing. And it feels almost kind of bad at the beginning. And then you start getting items and different items do different things. Like certain characters can use certain items and it kind of changes how they play. Uh, you get items to like unlock checkpoints better and faster and easier. Everything about that game is so well done from a level design standpoint. It's phenomenal. And I wish I had played more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. My number two is one of those. Oh, that's Paul t- saying dumb shit again. Oh, Mine's no. a mod. This is a mod. This is called Resident Evil 2 Kendo's Cut and Kendo's <laughs> Cut Uncut. So what this is, it is a full. So Resident Evil 2 from This is also my number two? No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil 2 from um, 1998. It has a Claire scenario and a Leon scenario. This is a mod that has a mod for both of them. And it is part of the same storyline to where a throwaway character from that game, Kendo from that uh, owns the gun shop and dies like in the first minute of the original game. What if he lived and saved the day by using time paradoxes and magic, essentially? And it is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> it is okay. so good. It is. First of all, it's built on one of my favorite games of all time. And it just like is really well written. Some weird comedy stuff. Another time game, weirdly, now that I think about it, because it deals with uh, going back in the past and like weird things changing it changes cutscenes. there's a part where you play as a different character for a little bit it is just it is the craziest mod i think i've played maybe ever and it was a high point that i don't think i'll forget anytime soon in gaming in 2021 right on uh my number two fittingly is it takes two okay. as you know i'm a i'm a big co-op yep. fan And this is a really good co-op game. And even just kind of outside of it, this is a fantastic feeling platformer. Just jumping around as these characters, skating around, soaring around as them felt so good and tight. I remember saying on this show that I would love them to like make a Mario game or just make a platformer because this is just some really good feeling platforming. Um, And on top of that, yeah, there's the whole co-op aspect with some like really unique and interesting ways to like be a team and do the co-op puzzles and the co-op battles and whatnot. The story's probably the weakest part, but that's fine because I was still just having a lot of fun in this weird honey. I shrunk the kids esque scenario going on with, with the parents turning into dolls and, and yada yada. And it looks really good. They put a lot of great uh, work into designing these like, weird ethereal worlds or small attic like worlds or the snow worlds when you end up in like a snow globe and yeah i had a complete blast the whole way through 
and it's like a, it's it's surprisingly long. It's like a 15 hour long game. And I think this might be like my favorite from Hayes Light Studio at this point. So it, it is it was kind of hitting all the checkmark boxes I would I would want. Awesome. Uh, number two for the community was Mario Party Superstars. OK, now, Paul, you're going to reveal uh, what the what the uh, community voted for. Start with John. What did they think John's number one game would be? So by a huge margin, people thought that John's game of the year for 2021 was Metroid Dread. All right. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't want to make this my number one, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Okay. If this, if this, is, this is dumb. I hate saying this. When I finished Metroid Dread, I specifically said... I liked it, but I don't think a game of the year liked it. Oh. <laughs> and then nothing else I played this year felt better. So by sure. process of elimination, my number one is Metroid Dread. Wow. Okay. Okay. This is probably the first year where I felt like, wow, I don't want to make this my number one, but I really don't feel like anything else did it. Okay. And it's kind of sad in a way. Um, but Metroid Dread, like when it's good, is really good. Yeah, it is. Like the exploration is fantastic. The game feel is really good. Like when you get a flow going in this game, it just feels fantastic to go with. And I think that's why it edged out Astalon slightly is because um, while Astalon is a great Metroidvania, it's still an 8-bit style one. So the flow yeah. for it is a bit more rigid while dread you can just flip off walls you can just slide jump around there's all these different tricks you can do it's just really satisfying to play uh i hate the emmy segments i think they're boring and pointless yep uh and uh i didn't like a couple of the boss fights but like some of the best ones are like the final boss fight's phenomenal i think that might yeah. be the best fight in the game hands down yeah. Uh, and while it's also one of the hardest ones, too, it's also like the most satisfying. Like, it's just it's just a satisfying game to play. But also when I was done the game, I didn't really feel the need to play it anymore, if that makes sense. And sure. that was kind of why I thought, like, I was going to find something else that I thought would push it past it. Astalon got extremely close. Unsighted, if I had given it more time, also likely probably would have gotten close or past it. And there's a bunch of things in Pile of Shame. Actually, there's a bunch of things in Honorable Mentions that I marked off that, like, if I had played more of this game, I played enough to have an opinion on it, but not enough to rank, like, put it in top 10. Sure. Uh, I think any of those might have also put a dent in it and passed it. But as it stands, yeah, Metroid Dread's my number one. Cool. Uh, Runner-ups, people guessed, Guardians of the Galaxy, Heart Wheel, Hot Wheels Unleashed, Mario Party Superstars, Su uh, Golf, Mario Golf, Super Rush, Psychonauts 2. Somebody guessed Resident Evil Village for you and Yakuza the Which Remastered Collection. Because I hated Biohazard. In fact, I actually had Pile of Shame for Resident Evil 8. I took it off because I remembered how much I hated 7. So. Sure. Yeah, Paul, you're up. Uh, the community guessed for me Resident Evil Village. Uh, I wouldn't say overwhelmingly, but definitely the majority. Um, and my number one game of the year was Resident Evil 4 VR. That's what I thought uh, it was going to be. <laughs> right so on. it's it so wasn't you have three different Resident Evil games on your top 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Paul, man. And here's this, the thing. Second place for the community predictions was Resident Evil 4 VR. So some people yeah. figured that was going to be it. Resident Evil 4 VR was the second pick. Yeah. Um, 
I don't like Resident Evil 4 very much. Uh, I kind of was just like, oh, I can't believe they're putting this out on just another thing when they announced it. Okay, fine. And then I like I watch a lot of people that play uh, RE games. So obviously I saw a little bit of gameplay of it and it was enough to make me buy a $400 headset made by Facebook and this game and play through a game I don't like because the changes they make and putting you in it changes that experience completely and it's one of my top things of the year like easily it's a fucking phenomenal what they did with that thing nice did you have some Uh, runners uh, up you wanted to mention yeah death's door inscription metroid dread and psychonauts all were tied for kind of like a third place guessing and then Deathloop, Nier, Pokemon Unite, and Endwalker. Uh, I mean, if I played Endwalker, it probably would have been up here, but I didn't. So those were the guesses for me. Sean, nobody knows what the fuck you like. Uh, <laughs> me included, to be honest with you, because I'm- there is one guess that you've already said. It takes okay. two. It was the number one guess. And then there's a list of other stuff here. That are all evenly spaced out that people just like we're taking shots at. Yeah. So what is most, of these, most of these have already been said on his list as well, except for like two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I remember last year they guessed it. Oh, can they I got, guess they one? got it? Can I guess? Well, no, because I don't want you to guess it right. So let me say what it is. And then you can yeah, tell okay. me what you would have guessed if it, if it was Okay. Wrong. You go, go. Again, this was this was a weird one, but I just kind of kept coming back and been like, I had I had a lot of fun with this game. I had a lot of fun with this game, and I played more of this game than probably anyone in their right mind should have played this game. But the game I had the oh. most fun with this year was yeah. Outriders. Okay, yeah, no. Wow. I was completely wrong. <laughs> wow, I, same here. Same I was going to guess Tales of Arise. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, and I kept thinking, I need to put, I need to put Tales of Arise on my top ten. Completely forgot to do that. <laughs> um... I played all of a route outriders, all of it, like every expedition in the end game. They put out DLC of more expeditions. I played all of those to the point where I haven't beaten the last one because I have to keep grinding to pay more in-game currency to get to it because it's so hard to beat. But it is a extremely fun Borderlands without any claptrap anywhere to be found the story is completely useless i could not tell you anything really going on in that story you can skip it but the characters are fun they're really cool i played as the trickster so i was just warping around the battlefield slicing people with my sword seeing their like skeletons come out of them it's it's it is uh, i like the loot game and guess what it's co-op so that hits it basically checks all the boxes for me and I will total cards on the table. This game was broken as fuck for like yeah. half the year. It was yeah. complete nonsense trying to play this game sometimes, but we just kept coming back to it when they were whenever they would patch it to be like, hey, let's see if we can keep going. And we kept going and I played a bunch of this game and just had so much fun the whole time. This is an honorable mention for me. It wasn't going to find any place on my top 10 probably, but honestly, I really fell in love with this game for about a month myself as well, even with it broken. I totally see what you see in this game. 
there's an expansion coming out this year with more story content. I cannot wait to drop like 20 bucks on that thing and keep going. And to skip all those cutscenes. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Oh, absolutely. Yep. I did the same thing. <laughs> uh, what right. was unsurprisingly the number one game of the community? So the way these are scored, right? The number one is double the amount number two had. And in fact, to beat it number wise, you would have to double number two and then add three and four, uh, rank three and four altogether, and you would barely beat it. Metroid Dread won by one of the biggest landslides we've seen in a while. <laughs> wow. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. Those are all some great games. Um, and now we'll do the honorable mentions. Uh, we won't spend as much time, but here's a few games you want to shout out for one reason or another. Uh, John, do you want to read a few of yours and we'll, we'll do a kind of handful yeah. each. I got six total here. I got three that I knew weren't making top 10 and three that I wish I'd played enough to make them in the top 10. So I'll do the three that I knew weren't going to make it. Axiom Verge 2. Uh, sure kind of a little bit of a disappointment honestly i just it didn't grab me nearly as much as the first one did but it's still a solid game it's still axiom verge like the exploration's good i just didn't like the shift to melee combat uh it just mm. doesn't feel as fun and tight because of it but it's still got that weird adventuring still got that sense of wonder um and, and while we didn't wrap it up because reese and i were playing it together we were still enjoying it no matter what so uh, I've also got Earth Defense Force World Brothers. They took the Earth Defense Force formula and made it a bit more kid friendly because uh, they're all voxel figures this time around instead of like more realistic looking characters. Uh, it's just really fun. All the characters are super over the top. It has characters from like character and character types from older EDF games. And then there's just a bunch of weird, random cartoonish like characters like the London soldier who summons like uh, Royal Guard statues to start firing things. The Holland uh, soldier that summons like heat seeking windmills that fire like tornadoes at enemies. It's just really, really goofy and weird, but it actually still controls like EDF and it, it's really fun. So every person in a, in a room gets to pick four character types that they can switch with on the fly. And uh, yeah, so you can have like a flying character, like a heavy, heavy explosions character. It's just really fun, weird balance. Uh, I also have on here Loop Hero. I really enjoyed it a lot, but again, kind of didn't dig into it too much. And it, it was an idle game, which was still really neat, but still kind of an idle game is the trade off. Sure. I'll do the other three when it comes back to me. Yeah. Paul, do you want to give a handful? All right. Um, I guess like on the low tier honorable mentions I have here, Necromunda Hired Gun is uh, more fun than it deserves to be being a Warhammer game. Uh that is a Doom clone, not a great Doom clone, but I mean, it was still pretty fun. Uh, Subnautica Below Zero didn't have as much fun as I did with the f first Subnautica game, but Below Zero was a decent follow up. It has some ties to the first one. Uh, it has an OK story going on for as well. And it's just there's not too many games out that are doing that style of uh, survival game. So. It was just kind of a treat to jump back into that because that officially released. I put Bowser's Fury on here because I had real a lot of fun with it for that weekend and then forgot it existed until <laughs> Game of the Year came around. But I still sure. had a lot of fun with it that weekend. Uh, the Ascent was a broken piece of garbage at some points, but 
when it was working, I thought it was really cool in its art style, in the way that thing looks. It's absolutely fantastic with like the ray tracing and high def and all that stuff. I think the world is good and I like weird cyberpunk dystopias. Yo, I just beat that game. It's still broken as shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I finally fit. They finally patched the one broken mission I was on so I could get through the rest of it. Um, it's a as a strange game. Nice. Uh, what about you, Sean? I have about two more handfuls I can do. Sure. Um, we uh, the ones that we haven't mentioned. The Wild at Heart is a really cool Pikmin clone with a fantastic art style. The Artful Escape is a really good like two hour experience of great visuals and and great audio. Uh, the Great Ace Attorney probably would have made my top ten if I had played more of it. I'm on the final uh, chapter of the first game so i'm just under 50 percent done the whole collection but for like 40 bucks getting two ace attorney games that's a steal that is absolutely incredible returnal is a really cool game it looks good it it controller wise feels good on that ps5 i'm just so bad at it i did not get far enough and i don't think i'm gonna play more of it because it just it's so hard <laughs> every time i think about going back to it i just don't want to like bang my head against the same opening area sure john your other three my other three these are three games that i did play but i did not play enough of them to feel that i could comfortably put them on the top 10 list but if i had i do feel like these three would have actually made it into the top 10 uh unmetal this is nice. basically metal gear solid or i guess nes metal gear meets Hot Shots Part 2. Your mm -hmm. character is basically a parody of Solid Snake and... Uh, oh, shoot. I can't even remember the dude, the actor's name. Uh, the Tiger Blood dude from Two and a Half Men. Yeah, I can't remember it either. Yeah, but either way, like, he's basically like... Charlie Sheen? He's a, yes. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Sheen, yeah. He's okay. basically Charlie Sheen. Uh, but also, if he was Solid Snake, which I guess was who he was in Hot Shots Part 2, basically, was Rambo. Uh, it's just a parody Metal Gear game where it's all like comedy. Like the dialogue is actually really funny and really well written. The combat is basically like the original Metal Gear, so uh, Metal Gear games pre-solid because it's top down 2D. Uh, it handles really well, especially if you like that kind of game. And the writing was funny. It made me laugh. I just didn't get far enough to really put it comfortably on the list. Deathloop. This is one that I was this disappointed. I did not get far enough into. I really feel like this also would have dented the top 10 or done really good. But I just got, I had one long session with the game and then just never came back to it again. I love the style of it because it's got that 60s aesthetic, the go-go aesthetic, um, which is also like spy and James Bond style, which I love. Um, the characters are fun. The ones I did get to meet, I just didn't get to dig into it enough. And the last one I have on here, which is really disappointing I didn't get far enough to get make a proper decision on this no more heroes three. Oh, yeah. i love the oh, first yeah. two games and generally i forgot the third one came out this year i played a tiny bit of the intro the combat feels way better than i remember the others being and i've heard that that's the major improvement they did with it but like the story was kind of meh which felt mm. weird for a suda game at least the bit i got and it just it just didn't quite grab me the way i hoped it would so but again didn't play it enough to make the full decision on that. So that's my honorable mentions. Nice. Um, I'll just uh, do uh, Chris Tales. Another time game, weirdly. 
I was just kind of not in the mood for an RPG when that came out. It also came out at a time when I was playing some other stuff. Uh, I did get, I think, four hours in, maybe five, uh, and it's like only a 20-hour game. So I got a chunk in it. I really did like my time with it. I need to revisit it, and I'm looking forward to revisiting it. I just haven't yet. Uh, and yeah, that thing is, looks amazing and plays pretty decently, has some cool ideas in it, but it just couldn't crack the top 10. Uh, same with Everhood. Everhood was on my original top 10. Uh, it moved around a lot. Other things took its place. I thought Everhood was super interesting in what it did with its kind of uh, rhythm-based dancing mechanic to like tire bosses out or just survive, almost like an Undertale in a lot of ways and how it's written and stuff as well. And then it just kind of left my list because it didn't have enough there for me to be like oh this is one of my top 10 games of the year just because it does a cool it had a cool idea even though that idea was cool uh gunfire reborn came out it that is a first person cartoony roguelike type game uh based on just shooting shooting stuff and getting seen as far as you can get and all that sort of stuff uh it's fun nothing crazy to say about that kazan the wild masks good donkey Kong like game too short uh, it's pretty much why it didn't make it anywhere. I think it's a great game. I think it's too short. Uh, and uh, Halo Infinite was very close to being on the top 10 multiple, multiple times, but it just kept getting edged out in my mind. That's a good w- one for me to start with. Halo Infinite is a lot of fun. That's on my honorable mentions. I'm still playing it. Um, I'm still going through that campaign. It, that is quite a product you get if you have game pass sable was very much near the bottom of my top 10 list for quite a while that is a really cool breath of the wild on like a miniature scale game real chill uh with a fantastic art style gardens of the galaxy is another similar one that was very close on the bottom of my list genesis noir is stunning to look at it's the big bang if it was like shot out of a pistol in a murder mystery everything's jazz it is such a weird concept that i think this game is worth putting like an hour into just to see something totally unique in the video game space and then last i was completely forgot about tales of arise which probably should be somewhere on my top 10 uh, because that game was a lot of fun yeah, I was a little surprised. That's why I thought it was maybe your number one, because like, I was like, this is definitely on his list somewhere, probably. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and John's done, right? And yep. that was the end of okay. mine as well, so if you want to finish up, Paul. Okay, so the last handful are basically ones that were at some point on the top ten and then just got moved down. Uh, them and Us and Tormented Souls, both two survival horror games that are made by indie studios in the vein of old style um, survival horror games. Them and Us, much more like a Resident Evil 4 type game style. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty janky. Uh, Tormented Souls, like an original Resident Evil, like the Resident Evil remake. Uh, much better in what they were trying to do uh but both of them i just really adored for different reasons uh just couldn't crack the top 10 cana bridge of spirits was absolutely fantastic too short uh looked great 
great music, great sound, great gameplay, a little frustrating at times trying to figure out what the fuck you want. It, the game wants you to do specifically with the last boss. Uh, but I mean, that thing just looks absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to see more from them near reincarnation. Yo, it's near stories and that near universe on your phone. So they are all sad and they never end well for the protagonist. But man, I loved going through it. Uh, I'm not done going through them yet, but I still find myself going back to it every now and then, especially when I just want to chill out for a little bit. And then the last one I have here, I added as we were talking because I was thinking of phone stuff. Rocket League Sideswipe has been fantastic. That was really good and worth mentioning. Yeah, it's surprisingly good. Yeah. Uh, I don't think honorable mentions is a community thing, right? It is not. No, not. Okay. Uh, and next category is pile of shame presented by John Wheeler. This is the list of yeah. games you wish you had gotten to this year, but for one reason or not, you, they're still in your backlog somewhere. I have eight. I, I mine went up to 17 since I've been here. I have about eight. John, do you want to give us a handful of them? Yeah, figured as much. All right, uh, I'll go like four at a time, I guess. Let's start with the one that I definitely think would have been in my top ten. Psychonauts 2. Sure. Really, really wish I had gotten into Psychonauts 2, because I love that first game. Genuinely enjoy that game. But um, I just it just didn't line up. Just did not line up at all. I had access to it. I have Game Pass and everything. Just never lined up. So here's hoping I'll get to touch that one eventually. Ease yeah. 9. I forget what the full subtitle is like Nox something something Nox Machina or something like that. But I've heard this is an excellent Ease game and actually very Metroidvania-ish. I've heard a lot of praise for this one, so uh, maybe hopefully I'll get to dig into that one at some point. Persona 5 Strikers. I loved Persona 5. Played through it with Reese. Had a great time. Installed this one to play it. Uh, the install corrupted. I had to reinstall it. And in the time process it took me to get to that point... Didn't want to play it anymore. So, uh, thanks, Modern sure. Gaming. I ended up moving on to something else. So, maybe I'll get back to that at some point. And Bravely Default 2. I love the first one, or at least three quarters of it. But, yeah, I didn't do finish it. Bravely Second, and something tells me I Bravely Default 2 would have had a similar issue. So Don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> Just read it with Mon me. It's not worth yeah. it. Monstrum Knox was the Ease 9 title, by the way. I couldn't remember it. Uh, how much? Just a couple, I guess. I'll do. What, whatever. Um, so ones that you guys have actually talked about in some way or not. Hot Wheels Unleashed. Uh, I really wanted to play at some point because I love Trackmania and that thing looked dope as hell. But I didn't want to pay like the fifty dollars Canadian or whatever it was for it. And then when a sale came along, I just didn't even think about it. It completely lost my mind. At, or I. Just completely forgot about it. Um, and on metal, I've—I mean, it's still on my list to play. I really want to play that thing. I just didn't didn't get around to it. A few for me, uh, Chris Tales. This was almost on like my disappointing list because I was so excited for it, and it launched completely broken on Xbox. Uh, oh, so I yeah. barely got to touch it, uh, which was very disappointing. But. Uh, and then as it got fixed, it was an RPG and my time got shorter. So I do hope to return to Chris Tales. Uh, there's a game called Lake that is on my high to playlist. This was added to Game Pass pretty recently that I've heard some cool things about. Jet the Far Shore. 
I was eagerly anticipating this, and then I heard kind of middling things about it when it launched. So at this point, I'm kind of just waiting for a sale slash some time to open up, and I will check that out. And probably my most to play game um, is Canna Bridge of Spirits. Uh, okay, I yeah. did pick that up over the break on a sale. So as soon as I clear some stuff that needs to be done on a time schedule, I am going to play that game next. Why don't I give you two community ones, Resident Evil Village and Ratchet and Clank. Nice. Okay. Uh, back to me. Returnal. Now, I actually had intended to play this, but every time I sat down to play this, it either took too long to install or there was a patch to install instead, which took up time. So every time I tried to play this damn thing, something got in the way and it just got pushed aside. I think eventually Ratchet and Clank eked it out and I just played that instead. Uh, World en- World's End Club. I forget if this is done by the writer for Virtue's Last Reward or for Rampa, but I'd I mean, heard it's this Dongan was... Rampa. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a slightly more lighthearted version, uh, like that style of game, and it's uh, apparently pretty good. I just never got around to playing it. Guilty Gear Strive. Now, this was a tragic one for me because Guilty Gear was like my favorite fighting game in university, basically. We played a ton of Reload back then, but uh, the XRs I just never got into, and then Strive I heard was good, but again, just never got into it, so it just kind of sat aside. Uh, Ender Lilies, Quietus of the Nights. I yeah. heard this was an excellent game. Metroidvania, again, pseudo stamina based, or I think this might just be ammo based instead. But I've heard fantastic things about this. Just never got to it. And I'll throw in, too. I'll throw in Death's Door. Again, I heard phenomenal game, especially when it came out. I even tried to sneak it into game clearing on streams because I figured that uh, people had heard about it. It was getting so much praise at the time. And in the poll I put it in, it got the least amount of votes. So I kind of gave up on trying to get the stream to play it or play along with me. And I just it got put to the wayside. Good job, chat. Look what you did. (laughs) (laughs) You made John cry. Um, Sable. There was no reason I couldn't play this. It was on Game Pass. I just installed it and didn't. And then I uninstalled it at at some point because I was like, I'm not going to get to this. Uh, Same thing with Axiom Verge 2. I just didn't get to it. it. And then people were saying some kind of like, eh, things about it. I was like, oh, I'm really not going to bother then. So, and then I, like, I have a list of games you still should play. And then Pile of Shame. I just moved that right over to Pile of Shame when I heard like middling reviews for it. I'm like, I have too many things that seem good to waste time with something okay at best. Uh, yeah, Action Verse 2 is still good, but it is definitely, to, in my mind, not as good. And you can yeah. kind of feel it right away of just like, oh, would they, why'd they make go in this direction instead? It's hard sure. to explain without just breaking Spoiling. it. Spoiling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, I'll, my last four here Overboard which is a uh, mobile game uh, where it's a it's a murder mystery whodunit where you are the murderer and you need to talk and sneak your way off the ship without getting caught. Um, I bought this on my trip in Utah, totally planning to play it, and it's been installed on my phone just sitting there. <laughs> uh, but I've heard fantastic things. The Ghost yeah. of Tsushima DLC. Oh, no. <laughs> I bought this the day it came out and have not touched it. And it sits there on my PS5 mocking me every Yo, day. It's real I, good. I, I know. And <laughs> it, I think I think about this DLC at least once a week. 
Wow. Uh, All right. Lost in Random. Uh, this game just looks real cool. I like that publisher, Thunderful. Um, I want to play this quite a bit. Um, and the last game on my pile of shame is Solar Ash. This game looks cool as hell. Uh, I definitely. This is on mine as well. It's actually been installed since it came out. Yeah, I just haven't played it as well. That's my pile of shame. All right. I still have Fist Forged in Shadow Torch. I believe this was the uh, Metroidvania with the anthro characters. I think it was a rabbit right. that had a giant mechanical fist. You're right. I heard mixed things about it at first, but I thought it was generally considered positive. I don't remember. I'm, I think you talked about it a little bit, Paul, at one point. In a year things. of amazing Metroidvanias, it's okay. Ah, so. then that would that'd be it. Yeah. So it's still a good game, but just there was a lot of really good Metroidvanias this year. There was a lot of really good ones, and this is totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Del- Delta in Chapter 2. Played through Chapter 1, loved it. Just didn't have the time to get into Chapter 2 when it got announced. That's just what it is, but I've heard good things. Yeah. Now, I put this one on here, this next one, but uh, I guess it's kind of getting dealt with this month. Neo, The World Ends With You. Yeah. I love <laughs> the original World Ends With You. I was excited about a sequel. Didn't have the time to play an RPG when it came out. It got put to the wayside, but we have to do it for January for TDP Plus. So I guess that goes off the pile of shame now. There you go. Uh, Yeah. Hmm. Halo Infinite. Really loved Halo back in the day. Just everyone was praising the multiplayer and the single player for this one. Just never got around to it. It's installed. I think that's the disc sitting in my Xbox currently, but it is. I have not turned it on. Uh... In, and then there's these four I added on during the podcast because three of them I forgot <laughs> even came out and one I forgot I had but just never started. Inscription, uh, I had been interested in it because I played Pony Island and I liked it but just never got around to it. New Pokemon Snap, genuinely forgot that came out this year. Definitely yeah. thought that was 2019 or 2020 rather. Uh, it Takes Two, I don't have a co-op partner for it. And but I, but I loved Brothers, which was the first game that studio did. Uh, but I skipped. What do you mean you don't out. have a co-op partner for it? Your wife is a video game streamer. Yeah, but I don't think she wants to play it. OK, I'm just saying, like, you seem out of all of us to have the most co-op we, partner. For we games. Here's the thing. We don't play games together that much. Sure. When we do, it's one of us watching the other play traditionally. OK, wow. it's sure. very rare. We play co-op games. It's usually we'll just co-op a single player game john let's play that together because i had the same problem actually my problem was i wanted to play it with my girlfriend uh then people were like oh you have to kind of be comfortable like with gaming to play this i was like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) like you have to be kind of comfortable with it let's do let's do it together yeah we'll figure something out for sure same problem yeah uh and the last one i wrote on here shovel knight pocket dungeon that came out oh, at the very right. end of the year. Yeah. Fun puzzle game. I even got an early release code from from Yacht Club and didn't get around to playing it because I was in the middle of going through a personal crisis. So, so sure. yeah, it got put to the wayside. That's my sure. pile of shame. Uh, my final stuff on pile of shame was I was saving it takes two because that was like the one I'm at. I was actually <clears throat> like, fuck, I wish I had played this one at some point, but it just kind of get, kept getting put off. Uh, the Artful Escape, not mainly, be, not even really because, like, I really wanted to play it, but the way Sean's talking about it, he's made me want to play it, so that's... It's it's one. a fun experience, yeah, it's cool. And um, a game that 
I don't I'd be surprised if anybody even listening knows what it is called Eliza, which is a weird P- play uh, indie PlayStation throwback survival horror game on itch.io. Oh, I guess it's on Steam now too, actually. Uh that plays like Resident Evil in a dollhouse. Oh, I I no, I'm familiar with this game. Yeah, it's on your pile of shame as well. It, well, all right. <laughs> yeah, you don't know, you're right. There it is. Yeah. Um Community top three, Deathloop at number three, Neo the World Ends with You at number two, and It Takes Two was uh, their number one for Pile of Shame as well. Quality games that you guys didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and our final category, um, John will start us off. What is your 2021-2022 game of the year? And for those Here's who don't know, thing. this is a game that is coming out in 2022 that John is going to guess that it will be his game of the year this time next year. So here's the thing. I actually wasn't sure what was coming out next year. Genuinely did not kind of care. Sure. So I hadn't filled this part out because I forgot. So I'm like, I'll just look it up during the podcast. And then I found a site that lists a bunch of the things that are assumed to be coming out next year, but might not have a date. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got like six games on here. Pick one, man. That's how it works. You got to pick a game. Uh, well, here's the thing. So if this game doesn't come out next year, then this is a waste. But like, yeah, I got two games. So I'll just say two games. One that I believe for sure. sure is coming out next year and one that is a, a long shot. Long shot Breath of the Wild 2. If it comes out oh, and yeah. it's as good as the first one, then yeah, that's game of the year easily. Uh, But one I know for sure is coming out next year, unless it gets fucking bumped again. Uh, Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the four player beat em up done by the Streets of Rage guys. And uh, yeah, that looks like it'll probably be pretty good. Special shout outs as well on here to uh, Sea of Stars, which is by the Messenger team, River oh, City yeah. Girls 2, Metal Slug yeah. Tactics, and of course, Bayonetta 3. Oh, yeah. And do you have your guess from last year? Yes, I do. It was Cyber Shadow, a game that I actually originally had on my most disappointing list, but removed it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Paul. So I am really hoping Elden Ring sticks to the landing because That's, if it does, it's, so, I was it's so close. Like it has to be right. I hope it sticks the landing. Not even for like release. Just like, oh, oh sure, I hope this Paul. is as ma- as amazing as like I think it could be. Uh, it was a hard choice though between this and I'm really excited to see what Project Eve ends up being because that looks basically just like weirder near if that even can exist. But yeah, uh, Elden Ring was definitely the one that I'm putting my chips behind. And what was your guess last year? So I don't know because I have a whole, I have like five written here. I don't know which one I chose out of them. Cause I didn't like bold. This is why you write down a game. <laughs> yeah. This is probably why you, like I'm doing the same thing this year. I'm doing the same thing. I got six games written down, but I've got like, if it comes out otherwise and honorable guesses, that's so I'll have these notes for okay. next year. Yeah. Take good. Oh, well, what, what did you think you guessed Paul? What are the games? <laughs> Just say the games and then we'll have a, we'll probably remember. So like, this is, this is a funny part. Cause they're all games that I could have guessed this year. They're uh, horizon. They're God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> They're like all the games that got pushed back. 
<laughs> so uh village was on there as a guess and i'm probably assuming out of these that i guessed that would be you okay. probably guessed village. village yeah yeah well so at least yours was on your top 10 uh sure so my my guess for ne- for this for 2022 is god of war ragnarok knowing that the last god of war was my game of the year so yeah, okay. I, I feel pretty confident Fair guess. there um my last year's one, and I remember I didn't even need to look it up, was Ratchet and Clank, and that was on my top ten. Oh, there you nice. go. Nice. Okay. So I'm the one who did the worst out of the three. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get do I even some need predictions. To, do you even need to tell you what the community oh. 2022 one is? Because it's, it's Breath, Breath of the Wild, Wild too. It's Breath of the Wild, yeah. Elden Ring yeah. is one point behind it, though. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. So. I would have thought, like, Pokemon Arceus. Uh, that's not on here at all. Huh. All right. Pokemon but fans I, can be fickle. I will also say this is the one nobody voted on, essentially. Like, I think we had <laughs> 38 total, like, people Oh, submitting. wow. Yeah, there's, like, nothing in this list. Yeah, I think we had, like, total 38 number of people. Like, there's less than half of the people actually guessed this on this list, so. Yeah, like Weird. there are the the first place option, Breath of the Wild 2, six votes. Elden Ring five, Dying Light Two, three, Horizon yeah. Forbidden West and Mario and Rabbids two, two votes. And then there's a bunch of ones like God of War Ragnarok, Kirby the Forgotten Land, Splatoon Three, Star Ocean, Starfield, Suicide Squad, King of Fighters and Tunic, and Forspoken. I think that's all of them. Yeah. Eve. All right. Weird. Let's do some predictions. Paul, do you have the old predictions? Let's see how correct we were. I do. I'm just opening up a new sheet for uh, the new ones we're going to be making. Okay. Let's visit. Yeah, let's visit the old ones first, though. So predictions for 2021 as of 2020. Switch hardware revision, question mark. Are we going to get a switch hardware revision? We all said yes. Well, we did. The OLED. It's not the pro switch, but it is the hardware revision. So, yeah, here's the thing. We're all right. It got a revision because there is a follow up to this. What gets enhanced? And we all said bigger screen, which is correct. Sean said 4K output. No. And I said Bluetooth. So you're right. And John said just bigger screen. So he was like, you're right and wrong. It wasn't a hardware revision. It was a software revision. No, John's like the only one that's actually right because it's just a bigger screen and that's the only thing he put. Okay. Uh, I think we should push that one forward and ask it again. Oh, God. Here we go. This I, is the one that keeps sliding every I, year. I feel like it, it counts, though. Like, it, this, it's totally relevant. This is the... Okay, I've made a decision. This is the year I am not... I'm going to say no to there being no <laughs> new hardware revision for the Switch simply because that will actually make the damn thing release and then people will stop asking about it. So I'm going to say no. No, no switch. Okay. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. <laughs> put me di- put down why I'm saying no. Put down why okay, I'm saying okay. no, because I will forget about this. Okay, so no. Yeah, that's true. This way, maybe it'll happen. <laughs> okay, put- Paul, you have to, you have to, uh, do we even really need to, like, say what the changes are? Because I'm still going to say 4K output. You have to pick a new one, though, because yours came true. Wait. Oh, battery life. No, uh, Paul does. Oh, I have to, to pick, pick a new one. No, you have to pick like a new what's going to be new about the revision because oh. yours came true. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to say 
new dock with 4K output this time around. Okay, so the same as mine then. Okay. Yeah. All right, what's the next prediction? New Smash Bros. characters? Uh, But we we guessed them, didn't we? We guessed who they would be. Yes. Okay, so who did we guess? So, Sean, you guessed Spider-Man and Hollow Knight. We each guessed two. No? Neither of those happened, yeah. Yeah, no, we each guessed two. Um, John guessed Dante or a Capcom representative in general, maybe. Uh, and Zen- I, I, a Xenoblade character. Oh, well, I was right on that one. We got Pyra Mithra. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to what happened this uh, year. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the list because I actually forgot who even got announced this year. I like that's how. Yeah. And Paul, who did you guess? Um, I guessed Hollow Knight. And then I was I agreed with you on Spider Man, but I also said, but it'd be kind of cool if like with Hades out on it now, Zagreus or something like. I but, think yeah. I think all of our guesses were cooler than who they picked. I agree. I I got mine right. They no, I don't know. They picked Sora and Kazuya. Those are good choices. Like I'm trying to remember who was out when we even made this prediction. Like was Sephiroth yeah, out? Know. Was Steve and Alex out? Was Min Min out? Were they even on past two at this point? I generally don't remember, but I know Pyra Mithra wasn't out, and I think that's an excellent choice. And Sora was fun from what I heard, just not like broken as Bayonetta was. Okay, so we can't push that one forward. So what was the next prediction? Metroid Prime 4? That like, there's just a question mark here. I think we were, I think we had decided, do we see anything about it at all? Because John said yes, and he doubled down with a it's going to be tied to a new Switch release sort of thing. Like, that's how. And then that turned into Metroid Dread instead. So I was half right. No, you're you're double wrong. It's Metroid Prime 4. It was a Metroid game and it came with a fucking hardware revision. That's half right. No way. No way. Prime 4 is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, it wasn't Prime 4, but we fucking got a game that people thought was dead for 15 years longer than Prime 4's been. Well, I say that's I, at least half points. It literally I, came out alongside the fucking OLED. Half points is all what I'm asking the other for. Uh, predictions? What did I say? I mean, you just said no, Sean. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but we're only going to see points. a trailer. Yeah, that's how you get full points. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I mean, we could roll this forward. Well, hang on. What did you say? I said, yeah, but only a trailer. That's the only way we see it. And also nothing. Yeah, we should roll it forward. Totally. Okay. Metroid Prime 4. Sean, what do you say? say? No, no, it's too soon after the last Metroid. They won't do it. Too soon after last Metroid. Okay. John, what do you say? What say you? I'll say yes, trailer only, though, because specifically of how well the last Metroid did. Trailer only specifically because Dread. It's a good idea. Kind of ride the rocks. momentum. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say yes, trailer only. Yeah. I'm also saying that because Bayonetta 3 finally got a trailer. So uh, if that that also got announced around the same time. So possibly going to start seeing bits and pieces of Prime 4. Gotcha. Here's one to put a new prediction now that we just uh before i forget about it they just yeah. had that a bit bit of an announcement more more rumor about a new mario kart is in okay. production oh, yeah. and there's a there's a big twist oh so, so my what's question the twist to you, 
my question, well, my question to you is, first off, do we actually hear them announce it? And what do you think the twist is? Okay, so I'm going to word this. Do we see Mario Kart 9? Question mark? Yeah, but do we see I'm, the next, like, real Mario Kart? Yeah. That's the first part. Yeah, okay. Not, not, I'm going to well, say... I, hmm, I'm going to say trailer at E3. Yeah, okay. I'll say the same. I would see that as well. Yeah, trailer E3. So, yes, yeah. And then what do you think the twist could be? I'm going to put trailer for all of us. Trailer at E3 slash Nintendo Direct because, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same, essentially. I'm going to say the twist is that it's more... Uh, more like Smash Brothers in the sense that uh, it's not just Mario characters yeah. anymore. Even though DLC for eight was basically non oh, like Nintendo, like Mario, leaning more into that. I see. Yeah, a good one. I think okay. they'll lean more into it being like Nintendo, Nintendo Kart, Kart versus Mario Kart. Uh, I'm putting Nintendo Kart for you and me because I agree with you. I I kind of like this one idea I just saw in the chat, but I'm going to twist it a bit. Sly guy says portals, but I'm going to say it's going to be tracks that are like smashed together with other tracks. So like somehow it's going to just be Diddy Kong racing. It's just going to be Diddy Kong racing. You know, yeah, you're probably right. That's probably the easy way to go about it. I hope it's not just that, but I'm going to say it's like, it's like tracks, but it's like you're driving on three different tracks by the time you finish the track. All right. I wrote tracks that are smashed with other tracks for your prediction because it's funny to me. All right, what all was right. the next prediction? Will they fix Cyberpunk? We all said yes. Um, did they? <laughs> I know I they were so, working on it. Yeah, so I here's like the thing. Did. Yes, but no. They're work they're still working on it. <laughs> There's I mean, the still next, a lot the to do. The current gen patches have not come out yet, but I feel like they have fixed that game. I don't hear anyone complaining about it. I don't hear them continuing. Yeah, I don't hear anyone talking about it, about it anymore. I can't go but I'm st- so I almost have 100% completion in that game. There's stuff I still can't do because they didn't fix the specific bugs for the specific quests I can't do that other people have problems with. So I'm going to say no, it's not fixed. Okay. I feel like generally speaking though, people would say it's fixed. Cuz I mean like, they'd be what, wrong. What game doesn't have bugs? Bugs where you can't finish a quest? The Ascent. It's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. They're okay. never going to fix that either. All right. Well, yeah. I guess yeah, for the letter of the law, it's not fixed. Sure. But they are still I, working on it. I don't know. It's half right. I don't, I don't think we should roll that one forward. I, I agree. That one doesn't make sense. Uh, there is a second part to it. Are people positive on it? We all said yes and no. The answer is no. Not really. Well, yeah, because they didn't really fix it. So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say they're like as negative as they were, but they're not like championing it away. They're not that, positive. Like, Siege turned it around or anything. No. And I think that's what we were going for is like, is this yeah, a I, new No Man's Sky type situation? Exactly. It's definitely yeah. not that. Yeah. Um. Do we. So the next one, do we have any info on the next part for Final Fantasy seven remake? And the answer is no, because they did integrate instead. Integrate did come out. Yeah. And I feel like. That that, kind of counts because it did continue the story a little bit. If I don't get credit for Metroid and and the new OLED. No, that was a that was a different for this one. (laughs) For this one, we all said no. Except John specifically said nothing new at all. No, which. Yeah, so. (laughs) I'll accept that. I will accept that. I'll accept that. 
But I mean, yeah, no, there's I wouldn't say the integrate is necessarily in the spirit of what we meant. So I think it's I know in, integrate, I think, was a stupid addition. But I mean, uh, people love Yuffie, so. Yeah, I, li- I liked my time with it. I'm surprised it got such a little buzz. Like no one's talked about that thing at well, all. Well, the how long year. was integrate even? Was it two hours? No, I'd say it was closer to six. That's actually way wow. longer than I thought. I thought so. Yeah, too. If you're wow. doing everything like there's the whole kind of side quest mini game. And so that's probably an hour to two by itself. Um, OK, do you want to move push that one forward? Uh, No, no. OK. No. <laughs> uh, the ne- like squares like here's the thing. The pandemic's also fucked up a bunch of our predictions. Oh, Let's be for real. sure. Oh, for oh, sure. sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Remember, there was already an announcement saying that Final Fantasy 16 has been delayed because of COVID. So like there's no way it, I'm like, supposed to be playing remake. a 4K switch right now. Yeah. No, I get. Yeah. It. Yeah. That was the problem. <laughs> uh, it might legitimately have caused that problem. Honestly, the chip shortages was no joke. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The next prediction. Do you own VR? This is for me and John, because Sean asked it uh, because he already already. did. Yeah, Yeah. this is a great question. We both said yes, and we were both right. Yeah. Nice. So, yay. Nice, nice, nice. Yay. Uh, Let's let's roll that one forward with a a twist to the wording on PSVR 2. Does it launch okay. next year? Does oh. PSVR 2? I think yes. So I launch in 2022 the, I, is what yeah, you mean? I think okay. so. See, I'm okay. torn on this one because they just they just did an announcement recently about it, but the announcement was that they it was named what you expected it to be named. And they put out all the specs and they've already yeah. they are they announced the controllers yeah. months ago. I'm going to say yeah, yes. I'm I'm thinking it comes out this year for sure. Are you yeah. saying yes as well, Paul? Yeah, you sway me. Right. Then, what's the price point? Okay. I don't even remember how much the other one was. Me neither. Two hundred, I think. No, two hundred is, is the right? deal I got on it, so it was definitely more than that. I want to say it may have been three hundred. I'm guessing four hundred dollars. But and now I'm almost second guessing that because it's co- it's competing with the Quest too, right? That's like the that's most what I mean. One. It'll have. The, which is it has to be lower, especially because the quest you need nothing and this you need a PlayStation 5. This for. one you need to plug it into. Wow. But it is a pretty beefy headset and those controllers are pretty beefy as well. I think the, I'm the, comfortable at 300 guess. The PSVR one launched at four hundred dollars US. Yeah. yeah, which is pr- pretty crazy to think about. I think this um, is going to be 300 because of those reasons. It has to compete with. uh the meta quest stuff. I think, now I too. think it's, I think it's staying at the same price point. 400. At 400? 400. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'm because I'm so torn. I'm going 350. Okay. Cause I can, I, I can see $1 both Bob. being so yeah. valid. I legitimately think one of us is going to be correct. All three of these prices seem likely. Yeah. Which ways. means it'll be either $50 higher or lower than <laughs> all of ours. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, any price increase to Game Pass? Question mark. We Didn't all said they yes. Try and got yelled at. No, I think they tried. What did, what did Xbox gold? get yelled at for this year? Is that I, just gold? I think. I think they I tried. Thought, I thought that was gold. Game Pass. They were trying to do. Um. No, was this the year that they like? 
they made it so you like had to get ultimate or something. Didn't that happen where like you need to pay 15 bucks? Can't remember. I don't I don't exactly remember. I know you can't get like gold now, right? Like you have to pretty much get game. Pass I think ultimate. you can still get gold, but you have to like dig through a million different menus to find the way it's to like just, it's just weird. Get that. Yeah. So I, I do think they, they did not increase the price of game pass, though. OK. So. Um, which nullifies the second part. How, how much do they increase it by? Um, you two guessed two dollars. I said five dollars. We're all wrong because they didn't. Honestly, I would be surprised if they increased it at this point. I think they will. I mean, if Nintendo increased their prices, I think Xbox will at some point. <laughs> Everyone loved Nintendo's increase. OK, let's roll oh, forward. Yeah. Do you think Game Pass goes up in price this year? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes. And are you sticking with by two bucks? Ooh, ooh, actually, uh, crud. I just realized that the PlayStation one comes out this year. Oh, we should do that next. We should do that one next for sure. Ooh, I almost want to say the price goes down, but I don't think they do that. No, actually, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to say they don't change the price. I was also going to say no, so I'm getting rid of the how much do they change it by. Cool. So then part two spartacus launches this year we're we're all assuming it's definitely going to happen what do you think the so it's a tiered system that's what the rumor was of pricing let's just say what do you think for whatever the closest thing to game pass is what do you think that tier is oh uh probably their highest right because well just i meant like price wise Oh, because well, they're also they're they're also might be rolling it into PlayStation Plus as well. So their highest is probably going to be a subs, a subs, games library subscription plus online play. So that it'll probably be significantly higher than Game Pass. So I doubt it's going to be the highest tier. And the rumor also mentioned that the high ones might have like some backwards compatibility stuff. Yeah, I think so I actually bet was PS one, two and three games. So I actually bet the lowest tier is going to be the most Game Pass one when it comes to the library of games. Let's let's do that. The one that gets so you like just, the live. So lowest tier is what you let's just guess like the lowest price, right? Because then anything above is whatever. What's the lowest Sony will go essentially? I don't well, know why thirty five well, bucks came. Well, like what I'm trying to say is to get access to the subscription for the game library mm-hmm. that is the equivalent of the game pass one right what do you think that one is price wise right i'm i'm asking this and how do i write this so that we know what the fuck we said in 365 days from now because i'm not going to remember how we worded this sony spartacus price point most equivalent for the the library for the for the subscript for the library i think or library subscription okay yeah I'm going to say 10 bucks. They're going to go under uh, Xbox because there's no way they're going to come out of the gate with as strong a lineup. So I don't think they can match the price. They have to have something in in their favor. And I think it's a a cheaper price point. Sony hates their customers. So I think they're going to say 15. (laughs) They also you are also correct that they are on top and can do whatever they want. And people will still say Sony's the best. Microsoft is doing nothing for them. Um 10 bucks is my guess. Yeah, I guess 15. This is a month, I assume we're talking about here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, And this is just for Game Pass, not for online or anything else? Correct. 
20. I was going to say 35. Okay. But they're going to go higher? Holy yes. smokes. It's Sony. They're Holy going shit. to go higher. Okay. Yeah, Sony are asshats. <laughs> and then, okay. And then here's a, here's a partial one that kind of ties to it. Nintendo's subscription service. Okay. And I think we should word it. Are fans happy with it now? So are no. fans happy with <laughs> Nintendo online yet? Question mark. And, and no. Maybe I shouldn't say fans because I feel like we could say no forever for fans. But okay. I mean, like the general audience, it seems like a good deal because I think across the board, everyone says Nintendo's online thing is a bad deal, right? Are like people happy one? with Nintendo online yet? Yeah. So, so do they kind of change the perception of it? So we all say no, right? I think Nintendo is no. Nintendo much, fans like, don't know how to be happy. Stick in their stick in the mud that you're not going to push and be like, we apologize. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Uh, the next prediction we have here: any game stream services viable? Uh, kind of like the like a Netflix for video games, actually. I guess. What did we say? Um, Sean, you and I. Both said yes because apparently we uh, we hope too much for Luna or something to get it together. But okay. John said uh, they're going to gain a little bit of ground, but they're still not going to be like well regarded, really. Yeah, which I is like that's, the isn't that what happened with Nvidia everywhere? <laughs> wasn't that what happened exactly with Nvidia's service? Like they started gaining ground, then they started getting all their games removed off of it. I would almost say they didn't even gain ground this year. <laughs> <laughs> they I know just today they announced it's coming them. to iOS and that's oh, like did the they? way you can now play Fortnite on iOS if you want. Oh, um, I didn't realize. So I would say I haven't Tom's heard right. any talk. Yeah. I feel like sure. xCloud alone has, you know, gained some ground. Um Yeah, I guess. I I, I guess uh, I, guess I wouldn't say it's viable it. necessarily, not in the way that I think we meant this question. It's definitely usable, like you can load it up and play it and I have done that. Um, but it's not like a go-to thing I do. Yeah, so. it's kind. Of, I don't. I, we shouldn't roll this forward because it's a stupid thing, anyways. Because like, yeah, of course it's good for us, and like you're in a metropolis, like city area with good internet and stuff, like a tech capital, essentially. Sure. Somebody like in buttfuck nowhere, Alabama, is like, no, you're never going to be able to stream games. That's stupid. We can't download <laughs> pictures like fast. So yeah. no, I agree. We shouldn't move this forward. Uh, new Mass Effect question mark. So I feel like it's a no. We did not get a new Mass Effect. Right. Is and it, we all, isn't by. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. got the legendary edition. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean said not released, but we get some gameplay of something. Nope. John said not out, but maybe a trailer at the Game Awards specifically. And I nope. said not out, maybe a new trailer. Nope. Got nothing. New Dragon Age question mark. Um, That's a good one. Let's let's do that one because that would that would come out even earlier than Mass Effect, so it's more realistic. Sure. So our answers, Sean, you said not released, but some gameplay, and I agreed with you. And John said, yeah, it'll come out at the end of the year, which was a weirdly like firm stance on Dragon Age coming out. So nope. And then all the stuff happened with the uh, yeah with the uh, Bioware. So. So new Dragon Age question mark. I'll put for this next one. Yeah, we should roll that forward. 
This is a hard one because they've kind of said that they are restructuring around how they're doing that thing. So I don't know if that means that they're going to be backed even further than they maybe were in wanting to show stuff or if they're going to like be able to still show something this year. I agree. That's, I could also see an argument, though, that they, they want have to, to they want to like build some hype and be yeah. like, look, guys, we're we're working on it. Here's a trailer for Dragon Age 4. Sure. Like uh, they have to this year. So they're going to show something. So I want to say yes, a trailer. That's okay. all I'm going to say, though, because I have no idea if they put any, even like a year on that thing. I hope you're right, but I'm going to say no, maybe a tweet mention. <laughs> but I like mean, they're not I'm sure show that'll anything. happen. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, John? Dragon Age 4? No. Nothing? Too much weird, too much weird restructuring stuff going on with them. I'm saying no. That's okay. what I th- yeah. I think that's a safe bet, but could go either way. <laughs> do they finally fix Anthem? Uh, John just didn't answer this. It It's weirdly <laughs> blank here, meaning I don't think he even said anything. <laughs> no, and then this is the year that they said... We're not doing it. Yeah. Both uh, Sean and I said no. So we were right. Yeah. Okay. Then this is a section called Nintendo stuff. And instead of yes and no's and stuff, there's specific things here. Um, Sean said no Luigi's Mansion. And Nintendo's going to revive a dead franchise. Metroid Dread. Yeah. That's. I think that counts. I, I wouldn't have called Metroid a dead franchise, though. Oh, I definitely would have. I mean, really? other than Sam, I, Samus Returns, I see you can argue, which was like, what, two years ago at this point? But it otherwise had been uh, kind of on a dry spell. But also at this point, we had just made a prediction about Metroid Prime 4. So I knew that there's a, a Metroid coming. All right. I don't, but, I feel like but, also, but also, Advance Wars got announced last year. So again, yeah, franchise. that works, too. Yes, no, you're right about that one. Um, yeah, and that only got bumped because of COVID. So I don't know what I was talking about with Luigi's Mansion because didn't that that came out the previous year? So I was, so I, all I was saying is there's not going to be yet another Luigi's Mansion like a year later. I guess weird, so. That's like duh. What a weird prediction that was. When was Bayonetta announced? Three. That was oh that was years. I ago. I mean that got okay. announced like four years ago, but like yeah. the trailer was a couple months ago. Kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, John said they're going to revive a dead franchise. I think they did. I think that's a pass or whatever. Okay. Uh, John also said E3 next level games announcement. Never happened. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, I don't think, I don't think they've said what they're working on still. Uh, Yeah, last, well, I guess we that's probably because we were talking about Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. So next level, I hadn't announced anything since Luigi's Mansion 3. So that's uh, now two and a half to three years without anything from them. Um, unless, I also, unless you count the DLC. I also agreed with you guys. Revive a Dead franchise seemed like a solid one to go with. I wanted a, Mar- a Mario Strikers release of some yeah. sort. I okay. do too, but that there's no way that's happening. Yeah. Well, they're slowly redoing the the sports ones, so it could happen. You, you want to roll it forward? Nah. Or switch to a different sport? Nah. 
We already got tennis and golf, and those are the two that Camelot do. Fuck it, Mario Strikers. <laughs> out now, I'll put for me. Cool. I want it so bad. Any other Nintendo predictions? Was that all the ones from before? Yeah, we didn't have a whole lot. And that's all the predictions, so we're done the old predictions? Yeah, I think so. All right, we should. Yeah, we didn't really have any other ones. Oh, like, no, we have other categories, but that was like game specific or company specific ones. Let's keep going through the old stuff. We're kind of making new ones as we go. So does E3 exist still? Um, (laughs) I don't know. So we we all said canceled, but not dead. Which is true, but (laughs) it's looking like next year may be canceled and dead. Yeah. Well, they've said it's digital, so it's going to be like the same. So I wouldn't say it's. Yeah, but like people dead. were already backing out a lot this past year. So I think yeah. it's going to be. I, I think th- this is the last E3. Should we roll this forward? I, I think, think we it's... should roll it forward. It okay. is something with the E3 name. Like some kind of collective of live streams happening, or is it completely broken up and the E3 is not putting its name on it? So should I put does something in the spirit of E3 still exist? Well, I think I think that's where we need to make the differentiation. Instead of putting the spirit, I think you should say something with the name E3. Because no matter what's there is going to be the spirit of it, right? With the name. And then I'll put in quotations. E3 still exists. So I guess they've said they're going to do a digital thing. So the answer. So, yes. Yeah. But supposedly they're doing the digital because they let the uh, booking on the on the convention center expire already. And they just use Omicron as like an excuse. So uh, I think this is the last E3. Okay, so this is last. Yeah, that's E3. kind of like a two year from now prediction, though, right? Maybe. Well, yeah, we probably won't. Ha- we probably won't have the answer by next game of the year. Yeah, we might though but, because they're going to have to start booking people, and they might just be yeah, like, it'll definitely be something people. interesting to to discuss next year for sure. A year from now, basically, yeah, basically. Um, what's the first convention after the pandemic? so cute after the pandemic (laughs) Uh, we can Um, roll this one forward for sure we can definitely john said tgs john said pax west and i said gamescom so we were all just guessing well pax west happened yeah well the pandemic's not over so we could roll this forward again (laughs) is this of like do conventions still exist (laughs) I, well, here's the thing. Like, I, I have friends I went to a convention last week, so conventions still exist. They're just in this yeah. weird limbo state. And there's yeah, always like, a COVID outbreak there now. What's yeah. the prediction here around conventions then? I don't know at this point. Like, well, I feel, I feel like, like any, I think any prediction with a, with a, a conventions also like is the pandemic done? I feel like that's the 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 prediction here, though, is this time next year is, is are we still in the pandemic? Yes. Is there God, it's so sad still. to think about? I have no faith in humanity anymore, dude. I'm going to say, is it's, there it's still gone. the COVID-19 pandemic? Because there might be another one. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, God. Here's here's the way I see case. things working out right now. After Omicron's done its, its whole fifth wave or whatever the hell it's on, we get one last wave that's bad. And then after that, it becomes endemic. So it's just a thing we deal with, like the flu. The problem is, I don't know if that happens before the end of the year, after, or even earlier. My hope is that by the end of summer, we're in endemic and we can actually get 
get back to doing that's, something close to what our lives are at. But I've lost all faith at this. So point. that's what people are assuming likely might happen. And the reason is kind of a dire one because Omicron is apparently so contagious is going to get to the point where like literally everybody's just going to be infected. And then at some point the virus is just going to have a harder time finding anybody because everybody's had it. And that's terrifying. Yeah. The problem is Omicron <laughs> can still reinfect people that have had it before, which is the I shitty don't, thing. I don't want to make this prediction. Yeah. Let's I know it's depressing. It. I don't want to make I'm gonna, this. One. I'm going to delete it. Let's not bother. <laughs> um, is monster hunter rise well received. Was that, <laughs> You must have made this one. There's no way. Uh, no, I, I'm guessing this is where Sean just started throwing out, like, what are some games coming out or whatever? Uh, John said, non. oh, he didn't say anything. It says non-applicable here. Uh, Sean and I just said, yeah, probably. And yeah, it was. I mean, I would like have it. said the same thing. I'm like, yeah, sure. it's Monster Hunter. Yeah, right. Uh, is Village well received? Uh, maybe Sean was just, oh, he was probably saying to me, like, what are you looking forward to? Do you think this is well received? I, I was probably just like, hey, make some predictions. like, Because I generally don't have a strong opinion about the gaming industry because I don't fucking care about any of it. I just like games. Uh, and we all agreed that it was probably going to be well received. And yeah, it was. Uh, it's a meme. Yep. So it's the most well received that Resident Evil has been in a while because of boobs, which makes sense. Yep. And any new Mega Man thing at all that isn't a collection, Sean didn't have an answer because he doesn't care about Mega Man. And John and I both said yes because we are suckers and we want. Well, the no, because Rockman Rockman Dive came out over here this year. Oh the yeah, that's true. I did play a bunch of it too. Okay, it counts. Right. Yeah, English release not, English release of Rockman Dive. It's not in the spirit that we wanted, but it counts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> At least the gameplay is kind of like Mega Man. Yeah, it's fine when you get a controller working with it and don't have to use the on-screen stuff. The on-screen yeah. feels bad, but it's fine. It's an okay game. Okay, let's make specific predictions now, I guess, and then call it a night. Yeah, this is getting pretty long. Okay, here's one I had uh, came up with. When uh, does the Steam Deck actually come out? Oh, okay. Didn't they have an announcement today saying, yeah, they're still looking at end of February? Yes. I don't know if I believe them, but you have to pick a month. Uh, July. Beginning of March. I'm going to say April. I'm going to say that and beginning of March simply because they said it's likely coming out of February. Okay. What else we got? Uh, You guys have any other ideas? No. We're always this is the part we always struggle with every year. We always struggle with. I, yeah, I just came up with one immediately. Well, then come let up me, with more. Uh, let me take a look at uh, stuff. Pokemon Arceus. Uh, is it what we actually want or is it just a typical, uh, you know, game freak disappointment? Well, what do I you feel like that's a loaded want? question because <laughs> no Pokemon fans ever really happy. I'm not talking oh, about true. the Pokemon. Fan. I'm Okay. Me, you can you can predict what I'm going to think. Of I can game. can't predict what you do on a good day, Sean. <laughs> That's true. Um, he didn't even put Tales of Arise on his list. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm going to predict that I'm going to have a good time with Pokemon. Arceus. Sure. Okay. Pokemon I'll say Arceus. sure. So John will say sure, and I'm sure we're going to wonder what that meant. <laughs> but it works for me. 
And Sean says, I will have a good time. And then I'm going to say, I won't be getting it. But that might be turn out to be false as well. So we'll see. Here's one. Let's make a prediction about the Kirby game. That looks great. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, so I guess the prediction is like, how is it received? Well. Yeah, I'm going to say well as well. And then we can also do the Sonic one because it's also looks like an open world kind of thing. If that does for sure come out next year. I wouldn't be surprised like they showed off some of it or, or we can do that. Does that Sonic one come out? And if so, does, is it well received? So it's a two parter. Does that have a name? Horizons? I, that sounds right. No, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. The Sonic Horizons. So come out, I guess, is the first part. Yeah, come out. And if oh, Frontiers is the name of it. Frontiers. OK. Uh, okay. Does it come out? And if so, is it well received? That's kind of a bit of a more interesting one because it's Sonic, right? I think um, this one's going to be well received. I, I think they they put it. They kept this one in the oven long enough. OK, so you think I'm going to say it does out. come out. But it's Sonic, so no, it's a bad game. No, it's a bad game. You know what? I'm going to say it's bad, but I like it. Okay. Because that happens with Sonic games often for me. John, do you think it's well-received if it comes out? Yeah, I said yes. For Sonic Frontiers, yes. Okay. Oh, here's a good one from the chat. Is the Mario okay. movie good? Uh, and I'll say this because this is how I felt about the Sonic movie. It's a fine kids movie. You know what? I think the better question might be which ranks higher on Rotten Tomatoes, Sonic 1 or uh, or Mario movie. That's a that's another good question. Yeah, let's do that. So I'll play. Let me see what let me see what Sonic One's out on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. No, that's the sequel. Sixty three percent on the tomato meter and ninety three for audience. So let's let's go off the tomato meter, which is sixty three. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's that's kind of right where I would have guessed it's going to hit. So I'm going to write that 63 because that could change as well over time. Sure. But yeah, it's I'm going to say Mario gets a worse score. So I put does it rank higher than the first Sonic movie on tomato meter? 63 percent in brackets. Perfect. Sean, you're saying no. I'm going to say it was worse. And then we should also do Sonic 2. I bet Sonic 2 is ranks higher than Sonic 1. So does Sonic 2 rank higher than Sonic 1? And you say yes. Okay. I think Mario ranks lower as well. And I think Sonic 2 ranks higher. Yeah, I'm fine. I think the same. Okay. Uh, but I think I think Mario is going to be close. Like I think it's what, 63 for Sonic right now? I think Mario is going to be like a 58. Because I looked up, because it's the Minions studio doing it, I looked up and the actual Minions movie has a 55, so I'm thinking it's going to be in that range. My, my guess is somewhere like 45 is, that's my guess. I'm saying, I'm saying the 50s. But yeah, I think Sonic 2 will rank slightly higher. I think like it'd be like the 70s. 
Um, for Mario, is a Mario movie good? I mean, obviously, this is going to just be what we That's thought of it. That's subjective. Yeah. So Sean yeah, said I it's an OK Kids movie, and if he thinks any worse or better of it, he'll be wrong. But just to make it like an easier prediction, let's just keep the score one and just cancel that one, that other All one right. out. Then it's easier to return to. All right, let's do one more prediction because this episode is so long. Uh, okay. Paul, why don't you make it? You haven't made a prediction. Um, pick a game, pick a company, and we'll come up with something. I want to know more about Ragnarok. So, does God of War Ragnarok come out? Okay, I think sure. so because it only got yeah. delayed because of uh, Christopher Judge's uh, sickness think yeah i think it comes out and i think it's my game of the year <laughs> okay so should i i'll put does god of war ragnarok come out and then a second part is it on your list at all okay yeah i agree with you it's probably on there somewhere if it does and john i bet you would say yes and then no probably right i think it's coming out next year uh but I pr- it probably won't be on my list simply because I'd have to play the first one. Which is uh, arguably the best game uh, that came out that year. So you would be in for a treat. But then I probably would not feel the need to play a second one unless I played it really early in the year. Maybe. Mm. Muscle of Torn, because how, like, Horizon got delayed till February. It was supposed to be last year. So I'm wondering if it's going to be the same thing where, like, they say it's going to be, like, October, November. And then when we get there, like, yeah, no, we had to bump it to February. I'm That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Time. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that if uh, God of War comes out in like the summer. Okay, sure. But who knows? Put put me down for announces fall release gets bumped to next year. So I'm going to change my answer then. Announces fall release bumped to 2022. Okay. 23, 23. Oh, three. Yeah. All right. I'm done with predictions. Do you guys have any other ones you want to say? I'm good. All right, this has been... Well, the top-down perspective exists in 2023. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's not even a prediction. You can take that to the bank. Wow. Hey. Wow. Thank you so much, everyone, who listened to a three-hour podcast about our favorite and least favorite games of the year. Hope you enjoyed it. Here's to another year. Congrats, boys. 12 years of podcasting. Here's to another year, and hopefully one of us will be replaced by Chris Pratt so we can officially be in the running for Oscars. Oh, that would be great. Um, You can take my spot. We'll have a normal episode (laughs) next week, so stay tuned for that. Um, And now questions. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. Good night, everybody. Bye, everybody.